I shall not be a candidate for president of the United States in 1964. I shall be a candidate for governor of the state of California in 1962. But Nixon had been out of touch with his home state for too long. The campaign against incumbent Governor Pat Brown was bitter and exhausting. Nixon was soundly defeated. Reporters in Los Angeles were told the losing candidate had left and would not make a statement. But Nixon, his anger toward the press building for years, resolved to have the last word. For 16 years, ever since the Hiss case, you've had a lot of fun. Uh... A lot of fun. Uh, you, you, you've, you've had an opportunity to, uh, to attack me, and I think I've given as good as I've taken. I leave you gentlemen now, <laughs> and uh, you will now write it. You will interpret it. That's your right. But as I leave you, uh, I want you to know, <laughs> just think how much you're going to be missing. You don't have Nixon to kick around anymore. Because, gentlemen, this is my last press conference. And I hope that what I have said today will at least make television, radio, the press recognize that they have a right and a responsibility. If they're against a candidate, give him the shaft. But also recognize if they give him the shaft, put one lonely reporter on the campaign who will report what the candidate says now and then. Thank you, gentlemen, and good day. resentful Richard Nixon strode from the Beverly Hilton on November 7, 1962, seemingly bound for political oblivion. Barring a miracle, said Time magazine, Richard Nixon's political career was over. It's amazing what politics does to people. I mean, he was just a good-natured small-town kid who oh, yes. loved his parents' grocery store. He came evil. Who honestly paid them back all the money that he borrowed with interest. He did that. Now, the, uh, if you look at the life of Richard Nixon, it just seems so unbelievably uh, like Horatio Alger. It just did rags to riches. You know, I, I, uh, I'm, such a, I'm such a Richard Nixon nerd that I can do whole, whole sections of both like some of his famous public speeches. and then I almost, instead of the, the actual Nixon, I almost played Anthony Hopkins doing Nixon in that Oliver Stone film, which I'm actually a big fan of. The Nixon by Oliver Stone is actually my favorite Oliver Stone film, even more so than JFK. Um, but he does that thing. My father worked on a lemon ranch, the poorest lemon ranch in all of California, I can assure you that. And then there's that story, that, that story about him and Pat Nixon and their first date, which sounds so unbelievably... Norman Rockwell Walton's, except it's true. And she was an attractive woman. Oh, man. She was... <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> well, he only got her through his, through his Sith-like power of evil. The, um, 
There's that story, though, but he was like, he met Pat Nixon in high school or junior college or whatever they were. And he says, so, Pat, I'd like you to go. And you know that Richard Nixon was always old. He was one of those guys who was like a billion years old the day he was born. Just came out of the womb, like hobbling over a cane and with a receding hairline. Sort of the stewie of American politics. But he, so, Pat, would you like to go out with me? And she said, well, no, but I am going to be going out with the captain of the football team. And so Nixon is either so classy or such a nerd, take your pick that she won't go out with him because Pat Nixon is actually going to be going out with another guy. So he then offers to chauffeur her on her date with another guy. So there's this date where Pat Nixon and her boyfriend are canoodling in the back seat, and then Nixon's driving the car. Only picture with, like, you know, with, like, a bad English driving cap. Just wonderful. And then just turned into such a bastard. Just became such an... Just a man filled with unmitigated evil and hate. Wonderful. It really is the all-American all story. story. <laughs> <laughs> it's what every, everyone aspires to be. He did it. He really did it. He did. You can't the guy. No, and you know what? He made it. Politicians don't hold press conferences like that anymore. I figured it was appropriate today because it's Super Tuesday and California is such a big deal and, and whatnot. But um, when he did that press conference, where, and the best part of it is at the end when he just completely, you can see it in his eyes. Where he's just so just so pissed off at the press because he thinks they've been crucifying him forever. And he says that line about, well, gentlemen, if you feel like you have to give someone the shaft, then give them the shaft. But at least put one lonely reporter out there to tell the truth. You dicks. And then he, like, stomps off stage. It's wonderful. Stomping back to a castle to stride around like Bela Lugosi. <laughs> Bathing in the blood of infants. Oh, man. Ah, Richard Nixon. And so many years later, we're still talking about Oh, yeah. No, he is the ultimate political creature. He really is. I mean, people talk about how the, the shadow of Reagan hangs over the GOP, but, you know, I mean, Reagan was a piker compared to Nixon. Nixon really was just... he. he it, it's, it's wholly appropriate that on Futurama, he's now represented by having... It's like Richard Nixon's head mounted on a huge, like, cyborg robot body equipped with rocket launchers, because he really is... I mean, Reagan was just a nobody compared to Nixon. Nixon you cross Nixon, he just had you whacked into hamburger. I mean, do you? I mean, people really forget about the fact that Richard Nixon, first of all, planned to firebomb the firebomb the Brookings Institute at one point. That Richard Nixon and his cronies actually, what's his name, the, uh, Jack Anderson, the guy who leaked the Pentagon Papers. He was a journalist. They actually I hated think you're him. Talking about Daniel Short. No, am I talking about who is the guy? Daniel Short. Well, wait, no, hold Daniel, on. It's Daniel Short in the Pentagon Papers. Okay, so who was the guy that Liddy was going to put acid all over, uh, like LSD all over his steering wheel to make him go nuts? Oh, I don't remember that one. I think that was Jack Anderson. Maybe it was Jack Anderson. You're talking about the guy where they broke... It's amazing that we can talk about all this, like... And this isn't in ancient history. This is, like, in the last couple decades. Where they broke into his shrink's office and stole all of his mental files. Oh, that was, uh... I can't remember that. See, the, the Nixon screwed so many people, I have trouble even keeping track of, of who got what kind Daniel of screwing. Ellsberg. Ellsberg. Yeah, Daniel That's Ellsberg. it. Ellsberg. That's exactly what it is. All right. And then Liddy at one point was like, you know what we'll do? We'll put LSD on the... On, on the what kind of a political administration plans to put LSD on the steering wheels of their enemies? I mean, that just doesn't even make any sense. They yeah, surrounded themselves with like-minded people. <laughs> exactly. And the, the best part is if you listen to those, those Oval Office tapes where Nixon is saying, and that Ellsberg, let's screw him too. <laughs> he's, just, he's just so evil. I mean, he's, he's wonderful. He, he really is. is. Where did it all start? 
and what did it take to bring him there? Uh, is what I'd like to know. Oh, he's. I've got a great book called The Arrogance of Power uh, about Richard Nixon. If you want to read it, it's a pretty fascinating book. I mean, he he really is. I mean, what psychologist wouldn't give just to have him on a couch somewhere? You know what I mean? Just to give that guy some, uh, give that guy some truth serum and just, just make him talk to you for five or six hours. Jesus. All right, fantastic. I don't even know what we're doing. Have I even intro the show? No, it's ten minutes and eighteen seconds after the hour of eleven. Just get me talking about Richard Nixon. I'll just go forever. Um. Anywho, uh, oh man, I've got the speaking of politicians, I've got the worst Ted Kennedy sounder. And I, oh, I, I heard it last night. Yeah. <laughs> when he was introducing oh, Barack Obama. And then the <laughs> Boy, Ted Kennedy looks like an albino these days, though. He's sitting there behind Barack Obama. I'm getting ahead of myself. i got to stop. Hi, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Uh, it is Tuesday, and welcome to Day 12. We are here in the plushly appointed, yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970 Solid State Radio. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Cavalcade of Whimsy. That's as bad as I heard John McCain say last night that he was going to get Osama bin Laden to bring him to justice, and the crowd went wild. I don't know where he was or why he still thinks that's important, but apparently the people in the auditorium thought it was great. He was like he couldn't find his talking point, so he just grabbed something from an old folder. Yeah. Let's see. What have we got here? Uh, I will free that uh, prison island of Cuba. Uh, just you know, just Whatever he found laying around from five or 15 years ago. Jesus. All right. Um... I don't even know what I'm doing. It's 503-733-2970. want to join us today with your comments, your clarifications, your conventions, your uh, two cents, uh, your what have you. 503-733-2970. You can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com, sarah at 970.am, tim at 970.am, or richie with a t at 970.am. Richie Bristol standing by, ready and willing and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, your thoughts on the movie Caligula, you know, whatever you have. It's 503-733-2970. Here's what's coming up today. CNN Radio Correspondent Bob Costantini. Uh, he will be joining us today to talk about the Super Tuesday. It, I was wondering why there was nobody else on the clock at CNN, but as Tim noted, they're probably all out pounding the street today, getting reactions and whatever. So we'll probably do a full you know, wrap-up with all those guys uh, tomorrow. Uh, today, Bob Costantini, though, joins us from Washington, D.C. Uh, we have another exciting installment of It's the Worst Song You've Ever Heard. Uh, without fail, i, I got to do two pair of rush tickets today because I forgot to do a pair yesterday. So Aaron sent me what really must be considered a jaw-droppingly retarded and great uh, list of Dungeons & Dragons questions. So when you compete for Rush uh, tickets today, you will have your choice. You can either play uh, Name That Rush Song as Done in a Different Style or Answer That Dungeons & Dragons Question. So that's coming up later today. Two pair of Rush tickets. Uh, Rush coming to the Amphitheater, uh, Clark County, uh, Sunday, June 1st, 2008. Uh, tickets go on sale Saturday, February 9th, 10 a.m. Ticketmaster at Ticketmaster.com. So that's coming up uh, later on. What else? Hick Watch coming up today. Uh, Snuff Watch coming up today. And we've all been invited to a Republican dinner. The Multnomah County Republicans invite you to attend, not you, but us. There, I mean, I suppose you could go as well. Uh, the Lincoln Day Dinner held on Saturday, February 23rd at the Sheraton Airport Hotel in Portland. So if you're longing to spend time... I honestly don't, don't dare to come into town. No. They're at the airport where they can quickly... Where they can run to a plane at the fir first sign of someone who doesn't look like, like that. Like trying to get out of town like Batista. <laughs> Like that laugh. Picking up the graves of their relatives and throwing the, <laughs> and throwing the coffins aboard the plane. <laughs> they go into exile in some third world country. They don't dare to come into town. 
<laughs> yes, exactly like that. Just like that. Taking <laughs> up the French of the relatives. That's what the uh, Central American dictators do. <laughs> Anywho, um, so social hour at five with dinner to follow. That's very sociable. Jesus. The speaker will be Fred Barnes, executive editor of the news publication The Weekly Standard. Fred, apparently, God, the grammar and the punctuation in this is just atrocious. This is what you get for having outcome-based education. Fred tells it like it is. Come hear his encouraging insights. Why we need torture. <laughs> a short live auction will follow. I can't even imagine what they would be auctioning off at a Republican dinner. Jesus. Have a gl win a glass of warm water. Event sponsorships are... If we Now, if we merely want to go and sit in the back row, it's only $65. We could get a whole really? table for five hundred dollars, though. That includes a photo op and a signed copy of Fred Barnes's book about George W. Bush, titled "Rebel in Chief." Oh, there you go. There's just a party of inclusion. All right, it's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Tim Riley working on the following stories for your edification on this Tuesday. So the national. Why can I not hear myself? Hang on here. Something is different here today. I can hear you. I sound different. Anyway, the National Guard is called in to dig out an Oregon town buried in the snow. Sporadic violence is reported at the Mardi Gras in New Orleans. Is that today? Well, it must be today. Yeah, it's Fat Tuesday. Man, is, has everything been rearranged this week or this year? I mean, are the, are the Catholic the holidays day. different this year somehow? Same days in the same order. So tomorrow is Ash Wednesday. No, no, no. This is only February. Somebody told me that tomorrow was Ash Wednesday. They're wrong. Yeah, all right, Laura Klein. Tomorrow is not Ash Wednesday. All right. When is Ash Wednesday? Next month or the month after that? Yeah, next month? Right before Easter? I don't know. Easter. I know that the Catholic Church is all cranked up this year because St. Patrick's Day falls on a Sunday. And so the Catholic Church, in what really must be called like a staggering misread of their demographic, is asking Catholics not to drink on St. Patrick's Day this year. Like Catholics, <laughs> They're asking like Catholics listen to what the yes, Church has to say. If that ever happened. <laughs> oh, and by the way, quit using rubbers. Jesus. All right. <laughs> uh, John Mellencamp is upset over John McCain's use of his songs at campaign rallies. Hillary has a coughing fit while speaking about good health on TV this morning. Wonderful. We will not discuss polls or predictions of any kind since they're always wrong. Uh, Michael Jackson will make an appearance at the Grammy Awards. We'll take you to the glamour of Hollywood for the Oscar luncheon and chat with the stars. And uh, I was just reading this article in Variety magazine, which states... Studios are trying to hammer out details, but the writers... Strike could be over as early as next week. Of course, they want to finish this off before Oscar time sure. anyway. Well, they said that last week, too. So I did, you, you wonder if at some point it's just one of the groups floating a test balloon yeah. trying to exert public pressure. Uh, all right. Well, in any event, a couple brief observations to make. Uh, but uh, before we do that, we're joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm just fabulous. How are you? I am fantastic. It's when I had a great night of sleep last night. Oh, did you? Slept a solid eight hours. I'm feeling fantastic. Good for you. Yes. I got some sleep. And we're done. <laughs> All right. No, I went and played um, video games yesterday. Oh, a grind control? Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's some. Did Aaron send you that link? There's some new super retro arcade that's open somewhere. No, here? No, I don't think it's here. I, I, I think it's, it's somewhere uh, somewhere in America, but it's like a, I think it's a huge, massive multi-level. Because, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. It, you are old enough to remember video game arcades. Yeah. Are you not? Yeah. But see, you know, but video games, it's hard to imagine that this is true. 
but video game arcades really don't exist anymore. They're, they're pretty much gone. I mean, that really is a thing. I know this sounds like a weird analogy, but it's like the other day we were talking about Eminem's greatest hits, and I was thinking that as huge as that guy was a couple of years ago, it's hard to believe that he just... Like, you just assumed he would be a massive part of American pop culture, like, forevermore, because Eminem was so culturally impactful and important and significant. But now you, we've all just kind of forgotten he exists, which mm -hmm. I didn't think was possible. So it is with video game arcades, because they instantly became a, just a gigantic slice of American culture. But I don't think they exist. I think the only thing, the only thing they have that's like a video game arcade now, other than retro arcades, are those idiot redemption things like they have at Lloyd Center by the theater. Or like fat, grubby, uh, what about like pig face children or something? Don't they have? I don't think the Chuck E. Cheese even really exists anymore, though, does it? There's one in Bremerton. But I mean, yes, that's where they uh, they they sprayed. The <gasps> that's where they were the spraying the babies. Oh my God! Please oh. tell me you still have that. Wait, do I have the spraying the? I don't think I saved oh, it. I have to no. go back and How pull it. How did you not? Well, no, save I mean that. I can get it. It's upstairs, but I don't oh. think I don't think I have it here. Now I have to look. What was it? C Cheese Parent. That's what it was called. I'll have to look it up. Spraying the babies. Spraying the babies. <laughs> I isolated it upstairs. I just don't have it on my computer. That's right. I forgot that's where the baby spraying was happening. Oh, yeah. I just don't know if anybody, I mean, you know, like in the rest of the world, really goes to Chuck E. Cheese anymore. My, actually, Lisa just went to Chuck E. Cheese last Sunday. Now, but you know why Lisa's going. Did she take her kid? It was, uh, yeah, it was Lincoln. It was, yeah. yeah. Because, you know, that's for children, isn't it? I was just going to say, but you know why parents go to Chuck E. Cheese now? Not because the kids want to, but because parents remember it as being a real hoot. I'm not trying to knock Lisa. I'm saying like it's a generational thing. Yeah. No, it was great. It was a, no, it was Your a hellhole. Feet stick to the floor everywhere. Exactly. I mean, it was terrible, but it was sort of great. Chuck E. Cheese was sort of like a combination of drool and vomit. <laughs> I remember crumbs being everywhere and the big mouse being a little freaky. We're not really painting a stellar picture of it. Um, well, I was just going to say that when you look back on Chuck E. Cheese as an adult, you sort of realize. That in many ways, how, whatever, however flawed your parents may have been in whatever, whatever fashion, that your parents must have loved you or at least tolerated you on some level for them to, to willingly spend like three hours in what must have just been a living, breathing oh, hell. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. It was, Chuck E. Cheese is sort of like, I always get these confused. Is it Pinocchio or is it Peter Pan where they go to that island of lost boys and they alternate to donkeys at the end? And it's just yeah. like some weird, it's like an AI when they just go to that weird hell, hell world where it's like mm -hmm. one big... Las Vegas. Where, or no, when and when everything's underwater yeah. at the very end. It's just the Chuck E. Cheese with your parent must just be the worst place on planet Earth. And so you know, I do have to give it up to my parents for taking me there when I was a kid. The only thing that maybe the tolerable of my dad is that they served beer. And so my dad and my mom would sit in one of the little smaller rooms where there was a gigantic animatronic lion that sang like Elvis. And my dad would just my dad would just sit there and put away pitcher after pitcher of like bad off brand Don't you beer. Remember, like, every half hour they'd have the animatronic things and they'd all oh, do yeah. a dance and the the mouse would come in. I is do, it a mouse indeed. or a cat? No, it's a mouse, Chuck E. Right? Cheese is a mouse. Okay. No, it's. Uh, By the way, I've received like seven emails right now. Ash Wednesday is tomorrow. It is tomorrow. Yeah. They moved it. We're such we're such bad uh, we're such bad Catholics. I here. thought it was much further down. Yeah. No. Why do they change it? You know, I don't really know the answer to that. Seeing as how I don't have a direct line to call the Pope, I don't. Uh, I'm without that information. But I we think it. Didn't we have an intern here that once tried to call the Pope, Christina? No. Because because she was uh, she's Baptist or whatever. And I remember jokingly asking her to call the Vatican one time, and then I walked by the cubicle, and she's like, "No, I need to speak to His Holiness." The Hello, can I talk to the Holy See? No. Uh, all right. Well, I we're so be uh, behind and scattered and whatever. We'll get to some of these calls here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, I can answer your questions about Ash Wednesday and why it's early. Uh, all right, go ahead. It's based on a lunar calendar. For real. 
But I mean, what does that mean? Uh, I don't know. It's uh, it has something to do with the first full moon in uh, before Easter. But I mean, okay. So does that mean that? And Ash Wednesday always follows Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras is Fat Tuesday. You give something up for Lent on Ash Wednesday. Right. Is Mardi so, Gras the starting point for all of this? In other words, is Mardi Gras the starting gun for all of these other holidays? Yes. Are they all dependent upon when Mardi Gras is? That seems wrong. Yes. Okay. And so Mardi Gras is determined by the moon? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Did you read it, this it, somewhere, it, or is it like a thing you heard from a guy? I, it sounds like uh, my birthday is at the beginning of March, and every, like, 12 years or something like that, uh, it, uh, uh, Mardi Gras falls on my birthday. All right. So All right. I was trying to figure out when I wanted to go to New Orleans and, like, you know, go do that. Well, so. that, that would have been uh, four years ago. Yeah, not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thank you. Bye. All they got now is, like, mosquitoes and videos. I couldn't even imagine going no, to New Orleans. No, it says, it says here, according to their uh, Chamber of Commerce, the city has recovered. Uh, yes. You'll love their new spark. Well, also, there's many abandoned houses. It was yeah, the abandoned houses. Really you just got to stay in the right area. But yeah, but it's too. It was too much just being there in the off season. It yeah. was just too many drunk people, too many gropey guys. Mara like, said the same thing. Oh man, I could not even handle Mardi Gras. Then. She didn't go for Mardi Gras. She went like in June or something, and she said it was just yeah, it was just uh, just just like drunken chaos. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, Rick, what's up? What's up? What do you got? Uh, quick observation. I, I never thought I'd have these two images together, but essentially you're telling me that uh, Richard Nixon played the part of Mary Stewart Matcherson in Some Kind of Wonderful. Good reference. Well I done, just, yes. I, just, I, I never thought I'd have those together, and now they are. He was, Nixon was just such a... He really was impossibly all-American. Grew up on a, on a farm, Quaker parents... Um, uh, you know, the, the hard scrabble, dirt poor, which explains yeah. a lot of Richard Nixon's uh, behavior and ideology later, though, because Richard Nixon hated anybody who was born with money. That explains yeah. why he hated the Kennedys so badly. Oh, I mean, God. you get the feeling that you get the feeling that if Nixon, uh, that he probably had scientists working on a time machine in the basement of the White House so he could go back and smother Jack Kennedy in his crib. <laughs> I mean, it just without without question, goddamn Kennedys, you know. <laughs> I will say, Mary Stewart Manderson, Masterson, that movie is absolutely just cute as hell. Yeah, as is uh, as was Pat Nixon in her day. So there you go. And one, uh, one, other, one other observation about yeah. the New Arcades. Um, uh, Wonderland, the Nickel Arcade, is still around, and my kids love it. I mean, I have a six-year-old and a ten-year-old. On they, Belmont? They always yeah, they're Belmont. They're yeah. born in Milwaukee. I live in Milwaukee, and uh, they're always hounding me to go to Wonderland. It's the, cheap. The, the and, Nickel uh, Arcade is actually pretty great. They got a cool bass fishing game there that I like quite a oh, lot. Oh, yeah. yeah. So they 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 love that. So right. and the kids are. Thank you, sir. Yeah. All right. All right. I could talk forever about video game arcades, and not just about it, not just in the sense of do you remember, but just about the, how what a sociologically weird place they were. First of all, if you remember the glory days of video game arcades, they were always dimly lit, always, and it was like. The color scheme always seemed to be black and like a dark orange, and half the light bulbs either seemed to be gone or just turned off. Uh, and it was just this weird, dimly lit maze of flickering lights and beeping noises and whatever. And then over time, you'll notice that the arcades became more more brightly lit, lots of chrome and neon, and lots and lots of redemption games, because that was the only thing they could do to get girls to come in. Because what are the, redemption games? Uh, you know, where you play for tickets or for prizes. Oh, okay. You know, where you like you throw a ball or you do a thing and it gives you either a prize or it gives you tickets that you can go buy stuff with at the, at the arcade store. Um, Which the Avalon still has. Exactly. 
but it, just a flat-out arcade filled with video games always attracted what they would charitably call the bad element, which was just a bunch of, like, thuggish, greasy kids who just wanted to smoke pot and, like, expel flatulence. So that's why video games got more and more redemption games and brighter and brighter and whatever. So, and then they were all just destroyed by Nintendo. I mean, like, the NES just came and just, 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 just devastated, devastated all of them. I played uh, Cubert for the first time yesterday. Oh, man, Cubert is righteous. It was, it's hard. It's really hard. Like, I was, like, you trying to use the joystick and, like, go up and down. Like, uh, don't I, I wasted, like, $2 on that do thing. Do we have breaking news? Oh, we do. Um, oh, is, is it, it bad? bad? Uh, Someone it? dead? No, no, Please, no, no. Yeah. It, it's of the political nature. All right, oh. hold on. Wait, wait, so hold it's on. kind of surprising for this early. Oh, wait, someone's dropped out. No? Oh, wait, hold on. There's breaking news from Tim Riley. So I don't know how this happened so quickly, but out of Charleston, West Virginia, comes word, Mike Huckabee has won the West Virginia Republican presidential nomination. Now, from where? West Virginia. So the, how is that even possible? Maybe it's, they, it's, only, it's only 225 there. Maybe they have only one pencil in the entire state, <laughs> and it broke, and that's as far as they got. I have no idea why... <laughs> Okay, um, so it's three hours later. So where are you getting this from? I, I just got that from uh, Metro, so it would be around, what, 4.30 there? So maybe their polls close no, at No, it's, it's not even 4.30. It's 2.30 there. They're three hours ahead, right? Yeah. It's 2.30. The polls don't even close until... The we're polls don't about, close for another six hours. We're there. talking about West Virginia. Yeah, but I mean... We, we don't know. Well, let me... Uh, I thought the poll... But, okay, but there's no way the polls close at three. Maybe they do. Really? I ask, knowing that no one has the answer. I know nothing about West Virginia. It says here, okay, so this is a GOP caucus. Oh, it's a caucus. Well, that explains part of it then. All okay, right. so he wins the GOP caucus All right. in West Virginia. Every time somebody talks about a caucus, I just have that Lewis Carroll thing in my... A caucus race. Mm -hmm. Never mind. Um, Jesus, do we have to break already? Probably. For one of our many, uh, one of our many advertisements, one of our happy sponsors, very pleased uh -oh. with the return on their investment. And the Board of Elections oh, has man, failed to... Yes. The Board of Elections has failed to deliver voting equipment to polling places all over Los Angeles. Wow. What a mess this is going to be. So it's going to be chaos. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, well, so they're going to be uh, apparently uh, big envelopes full of cash in back rooms that's to wonderful. determine this. Well, speaking of that, let's play something from a Kennedy, shall we? Um, so this is, I'll play the... No family has given more to America. Or to the mob. Yes. Uh, let's... Uh, as rumor has it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sorry. That's an unf that's unfounded speculation. Uh-huh. Samji and Connor must understand there's no direct quid pro quo. You're a very bad Catholic. <laughs> Jack can't be beholden to these people. I love that movie. That Rat Pack movie is so great. It is. It'll have to be a favor they do for me. All right. I'll just have to stop, otherwise I'll just start doing nothing but Joe Kennedy lines. Okay, so this is Ted Kennedy uh, looking... Uh, it, it's impossible... Okay, let me just say this. Ted Kennedy looks pale under the best of circumstances. Standing next to Barack Obama, however, well, he, 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 he looks like a, chalk. He comes from a cold climate. <laughs> he spends a lot of time indoors, enjoying uh -huh. the fellowship of others. Yes. Others, very little driving anymore. Others being Johnny Walker and yeah. Jack Daniels. Um, so... There's Ted Kennedy, bad, I can't tell if it's a toupee or just a bad comb over, but the, the shock of ice white hair, unbelievably pale, flabby, just looks, I mean, I'm not trying to diminish his place in American politics, I'm just saying physically, he looks bad. He flat out looks like an albino. 
He looks like a, like Johnny Winter. I mean, it's just unbelievable. He's, he looks bad for many years. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, but next to Barack Obama, he looks even more pale and lifeless than normal. Maybe that's an HD broadcast. Oh, that I can't even imagine what he would look like in high def. So here is the long version. It's like 20 seconds of Kennedy introducing Barack Obama. Then I'll just isolate just the best part, and then we'll take a break. If you're on hold, uh, hang tight. We'll come back around the corner. We'll get Bob Costantini, and then these calls on hold. If you're there, uh, please bear with us for a few more minutes. But you really got to hear this. So this is Ted Kennedy yesterday in Boston introducing... Uh, Barack Obama, and it really pays off at the end. Tonight, here in Connecticut, I'm asking each and every one of you to do for Barack Obama what you did for John Kennedy and Robert Kennedy. Will you do that? When you do, we will elect him as our next President of the United States. Wait for it. Barack Obama! Yeah! <laughs> Let's hear that part again. Barack Obama! <laughs> uh, it's genius. That is so great. It's kind of That's interesting. That's great. It's oh, all marbling. We're going to play that a hundred times today, at least. It's kind of great uh, that he uh, that he did that, you know, Jack Kennedy, Robert Kennedy thing, because I don't think he's ever... He's got to know that's a card he can only ever really play, like, once. Like, to flat out say... Barack Obama, Jack Kennedy, Robert Kennedy, same sentence. Like, when you're Ted Kennedy, that's like a saving throw that you can only do. I mean, that, that's a one-time deal. You can't just do that for every candidate who comes along. But then he really pays it off at the... Barack Obama! <laughs> yeah. It's like he's channeling Catherine Hepburn or something. All right. Back after this with Bob Costantini and your phone calls. Hang on. Uh, we'll be back after this. Talk... Emerson radio program, lovingly assembled by robots here in the United States. Uh, we'll get Mike here in a second and more of your calls. Let's, see, let's just start here at the top. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What's up? Hello. Hi. Hey. Hello. Rick, Hi. finally. You know, I'm, I'm actually kind of skipping class for this, so <laughs> just waiting for the last half an hour. This... Sorry, I feel like, like, oh, oh, wait, this is, this is Julia. This yeah, is I did Julia. this instead of eating lunch, so. Well, you oh. know, this is better for you than food. It's true. Um, yeah. Julia, who may be familiar to longtime listeners of the Rick Emerson Show as uh, the girl who came and uh, did a job shadow with us. Was it last year? Must yeah. 2007? It, it's almost Black Love Day again. I know I'm going to be celebrating. Black Glove Day? <laughs> love. What was Black Love Day? I don't even remember now. February 13th, the day before Valentine's Day. Sarah, please do. I rem yeah, I remember that. What yeah. was that? Was it... you, you know you guys never explained the rules. I don't even understand. I don't even remember what we're remember talking it about. Was a, it, was a, it was Black Love Day. It was like a national holiday. holiday. Oh, was it? Was that the... Was black that like, appreciation. The, oh, the was there like somebody holiday. trying to... There was a woman trying to pitch herself as a guest to us or something about Black Love Day? Was no. that where this came from, or is it like a known no, Tim, holiday? No, Tim no, it's a known a holiday. Did Tim have a Did Tim have a story about it? Yeah. yeah. It's one of those things that sounds. I, I'm you guys talked about it the whole day. Yeah, but see, here's the thing about my brain. My brain is sort of porous, like a kind of mental cheesecloth, and so I am. 
I'm past the point of being surprised or even really embarrassed. I'm just sort of, I'm sort of, you know, whatever about the fact that there are people in the audience. Like there's this guy, Todd the Corpse, who we've made the unofficial historian of the Rick Emerson show because he remembers so much more about this program than like any of us. So. In any event. So what is that, what's up in your life? How are things? Um, well, you know, I'm going into the mortuary business, and uh, so, that's pretty exciting. So this is uh, just a little side note. So uh, this uh, woman, Terry, and I, who works on the street team, we were out doing uh, a station promotion the other night, and we ran into Julia and her family. And you told, so you, it's not embalming that you're doing. Well, first of all, how did you get from broadcast job shadowing to putting makeup on corpses? Well, I... I was only going to Mount Hood anyway, because I, poor family. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh, but that is a kind of, that's kind of a funny statement. It that's was only okay. Mount Hood. You yeah. know, well, I mean, I, I'm going to transfer eventually, but, uh-huh. you know, so, cheaper. Mm. So, they, they came, and I, and I attended their little seminar, and they're like, oh, yes, we have a good mortuary sciences program. And I thought, make on dead people, how can I lose? Right. Well, that's it is. so interesting. That's it's like a, um, my girl. Yeah, With Jamie Lee Curtis. That's it's, what she did. In it's that. a growth industry, you know. There's always going to be dead folks. Oh, job security. It's it's true. All right, yeah. we'll keep. We'll stay in touch. Let us know kind of how that how that unfolds and works out and everything. For yeah, you. and I, I'm going to go to the screening today. So thanks for that. With my dad. So. Oh, the uh, the screening for um, uh, wait, don't tell me. It's an exciting new film with Martin Lawrence. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think. I'm sorry. I don't even remember anything. It's like by the time I get to lunch, I can barely remember what I had for breakfast someday. Uh, so. It's okay. I don't remember the name of the movie either. All right. I know I'm just going to show up. Thank, thank you, Julia. All right. Thanks. See you All later. Right, there we go. Julie. All right. Wonderful. Yeah, so we uh, ran into her and her mom. We were out doing a station promotion the other day. And the mom's like, Julia's so great. She's going to be putting makeup on corpses. And it's oh. just like a sort of thing that you know people do, but you don't really ever meet anybody who's planning to do that. So, anywho. Moving right along, uh, we'll get Bob Costantini in just one second here. Uh, hi, Mike. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. What's up? Hey, Rick, Tim, Sarah. Hi. Um, I'm from California, and ever since I found your show, I love it. Thank um, you, sir. I just wanted to say that. Um, the arcades down in California are amazing in comparison to Oregon. Well, you had, like, the big-ass arcades at the Galleria and whatnot. Exactly. They yeah. got Gameworks, Dave & Buster's, but they have, a new one that's, they have a new one that's come out. It's called John's Incredible Pizza Place. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, it just puts Bowingle to shame. <laughs> and is it only in California? Because I get down there sometimes. I believe it's in California and Nevada. But, Dude, um, I remember... There's one in Montclair. And i got to tell you, Gameworks is unbelievable. Every time I go to Vegas, I go to Gameworks. Gameworks oh, is Gameworks, righteous. Yeah, Yeah, Gameworks is great. But Dave & Buster's, I think, actually has its feet um, because um, they have all the pool tables and the beer and everything like that. Excellent, too. my friend. How did you discover our program? You know, I uh, just found about this in a 970, to be honest. Thank you. Are you spreading the word, sir? Absolutely. absolutely. Oh, one more thing. One yes. more thing. You know the book, All God's Children? Yes. I've met the guy from California who supposedly got beat with bats. Really? Yes. I don't know if he wants me to say who he is, but he said that uh, he actually did pretty well against them, but it doesn't show that in the book. Actually, it's a great book. It really is. Thank you for calling, you. You call us any time, brother. Absolutely. Thank there you. Go. Thank you, my friend. There you go. That's Mike. Excellent. Let's welcome out to the Rick Emerson Show. Hill, sing it and firebrand. Thank you very much, Rick. It's a, it's a happy Super Tuesday to everyone. Hello, sir. How are you today? Uh, this is probably my uh, 20th live shot, I think. Is it? How long? Well, when wow. did you, I saw. I was looking at the sheet today, and I saw that Ed McCarthy's been up since midnight my time. Yeah. So, so how long it, would you get up? At, you got up at 6 a.m. Well, not get up, but you got on the clock at 6 a.m. your time. I come in at 6 a.m. Yeah. Jesus. So, so uh, yeah. you're probably sick of talking to people. Uh, no, actually, I 
I enjoy politics, so it's, I would never say that to a station as you. <laughs> I know you'd never say it, <laughs> I want it, to Bob. keep my job. <laughs> I know you'd never say but, it, but the shadow, but no, I, I the shadow knows what lurks in the hearts of men. I enjoy politics very much. I, and, um, you and me uh, both. I could talk about it all day. And, and my friends call, and I, they say, well, what do you think is going to happen? So I give them my live shot. I, <laughs> would just somebody call the Costantini home? Hey, Bob, what's going on today? Well, I'm telling you right now, forecasts look good for Obama. He's up by 17 well, points in the exit polling. <laughs> No, yes. I just wanted to know if you wanted to have lunch. Um, <laughs> so we were talking about, we did this whole thing at the top of the show today. We, we somehow got off into talking about Richard Nixon and talking about his, his failed 62 run for uh, governor. wanted Richard Nixon to kick around and the American <laughs> political process. And Have you heard this insane introduction that Ted Kennedy gave to Barack Obama last night? Uh, no, actually, I didn't. Okay, let me play just <laughs> a little right, bit of this for you. It, I'll play. It's, it's not very long. It's only about 20 seconds, but he just, at the end... Ted Kennedy somehow morphs into Katherine Hepburn. So just listen to this and pay special attention to the last three or four seconds. Here we go. Tonight, here in Connecticut, I'm asking each and every one of you to do for Barack Obama what you did for John Kennedy and Robert Kennedy. Will you do that? When you do, we will elect him as our next president of the United States, Barack Obama. How great is that? Um, Wait, hold on. Uh, let's play the best part again. Barack Obama! Come on. Very interesting. Very I, I, I was on CNN last night. And my wife was, uh, well, we had the TV on, and um, it came out. This is why I love my wife. That came out, and my wife, I was in the bathroom, or I was in the bedroom or something, and my wife said, there's something you got to see! And I ran back in, and she just played just the... Barack Obama! And I immediately ran to my computer to isolate that sound and save it for today's show. So glad I got up. Fantastic. Hey, hey so have they, have they already closed out the caucus in uh, West Virginia? Uh, yes, they did. Um, and from what I understand, uh, Mike Huckabee has won because um, uh, McCain's supporters were concerned that Mitt Romney would win. And uh, under their kind of uh, unusual way of doing things, um, they you have to pick a second uh, a choice, which is a caucus uh, kind of thing. And that's the way they do it in Iowa right. as well. Um and um, uh, the uh, McCain supporters felt it was a lot better to go with Mike Huckabee than it was to uh, go with Mitt Romney because it, lends, it would lend sure. more credence to Romney if he were to win well, uh, West Virginia. And there is, it's sort of a given, I think people have sort of, it is um, conventional wisdom that Huckabee takes from Romney way more than he takes from McCain in terms of voters. Yes. And there's also, I won't say this is conventional wisdom, but it has been speculated in many quarters that Huckabee, uh, as we've said a few times, might just be staying in just to stick it to Romney because that guy seems to engender such enmity among his uh, among his competitors. I mean, he just, he just, people don't seem to like him very much. And there does seem to be a non-aggression pact among some of the candidates, except in terms of Romney, where it just is open season for whatever reason. Yeah, uh, Romney in particular has been trying to get Huckabee to get out of the race um, as they were... Um, trying to get support in the South for today, um, where Romney's uh, message might play a little better with social conservatives. Um, he openly, on a, a couple of occasions, uh, called for Huckabee to get out of the race and make it a two-man race. Yeah. Well, Huckabee said no, and he insisted again today that he's not going to get out of this uh, race, um, uh, even after whatever happens here. And, of course, now he can claim victory in uh, West Virginia, an unusual kind of victory, but uh, a victory nonetheless. I really will tell you that uh, other than 
that insane thing that Huckabee said on Joe Scarborough's show about cooking a squirrel in a popcorn popper, the, him him helping to stick it to Mitt Romney might be the, I mean, as much as I disagree with Mike Huckabee on almost every single thing under the sun, this really is enough to just it, temporarily put me in his court. I really am. I'm behind him just a little bit just for being just such a, such a bastard about this. Um, so what is it? Now, we have gotten some early reports uh, about... And not voting irregularities, but in California, there's some early reports apparently coming in that they're having a difficulty getting ballots or getting machines to certain districts. Have you heard anything about this? I haven't heard anything along those lines, but we um, we have another reporter out there who's handling this, uh, who handles California uh, specifically. So I've not I've not heard yeah, anything we... along those lines. And of course, they're. Uh, you know, they're on your time. Yeah, we didn't know. I we haven't seen any independent confirmation. It was just something that sort of came across uh, one of the, the sort of the, not a blog, but you know, something like a, sort of an independent political news site. So I we're trying to sort of track that down, but I don't know if a word out there had filtered out. Um, it, well, but when we last checked, was it still kind of a I don't want to say a dead heat, but it's still exceptionally close uh, overall. Yes. Um, and particularly for the Democrats, uh, things will uh, not be any clearer, it seems, um, once the dust settles tonight and we all go to bed and um, worry about what's going to happen next week in terms of uh, some primaries that will be occurring. Um, but for the Democrats, it really it's, it's almost impossible to imagine any kind of scenario uh, where either Barack Obama or Hillary Clinton would emerge as a clear front runner in this race. Well, I think even Obama is trying to manage expectations a little bit. He said something about that. He, yeah. he, he said, I think his quote was that he expected to be a split decision. Yes. And the interesting thing, um, you know, for, uh, for the folks uh, down below you in California, uh, the last time California had any kind of critical role, the largest state in the union uh, had any kind of critical role in the primary process was back in 1972. Uh, when George McGovern uh, eked out a victory over Hubert Humphrey. It's funny, you know, that McGovern thing. It's funny that, that you mentioned McGovern because I think I forget who it was just the other day that we, they, were, they were trying to paint Obama with the McGovern. Uh, <laughs> they were trying to do, well, he's the most liberal since McGovern. And McGovern does seem to be not a bad word, but such a loaded name to use. Yeah. Uh, it's on a people. pejorative. Yeah, it really, it, 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 it really is. Um, and by, finally, my question to you is this. I'm, and I saw this on the news last night and actually made a note to myself about it, and so maybe you can clear this up. I don't know. It says, a coast-to-coast showdown dawns for Democratic and Republican presidential hopefuls with contests on tap. And keep in mind, by the way, we in Oregon, as I noted yesterday, don't even get to yeah. vote until, like, 2015. But it says, <laughs> contests on tap in 24 states and American Samoa. Yeah. I don't even know what American Samoa is. <laughs> and what, what, who, why did they get to vote in... American Samoa. Well, because uh, the parties allow them to um, have at least a say, even though uh, they don't in the end get to vote for president there. Uh, as we mentioned, it's just like Puerto Rico. Right, so they don't even get to vote in the actual presidential election, they but they get to vote, vote in, today? That's right. Okay, <laughs> that's who, correct. They get delegates to the convention. Who are they? Who, where is American Samoa? <laughs> it's out in the... Out in the Pacific someplace. I didn't realize that you were going to ask me this. I'd have looked it up, I suppose. I'm just saying um, it doesn't really matter, I suppose. I just don't know. It's, um, it's out. It, it's, uh, they participate in the Democratic and Republican nomination process, uh, again, but they don't participate in the general election, and it is a territory of the United States. Um, well, how nice for them. And, uh, you know, exactly what 
what happens out there, I don't know. I don't really know. They get to send some delegates. All I know about American Samoa, literally, (laughs) is that at one point when he was alive, Hunter S. Thompson wrote a letter to the president demanding that he be be made the ambassador to American Samoa. (laughs) That's all I know about it. All right. Well, now I have to go look it up on Wikipedia or something. Yes. All right. Thank you, my friend. I know you got a busy day ahead of you still, so uh, thank you, as always, for joining us. It's, it's a pleasure, my pleasure, sir. really, really. Thank you, Bob Costantini. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, Bob Costantini. God bless him. Wonderful. Love that guy. Sarah, do you know where American Samoa is? No. <laughs> I was watching that last night, 24 states. and everyone knows um, what But they get to Samoa. vote. I have to wait until May, by which point my vote won't even matter. American, American Samoa, Samoa gets to vote. Doesn't that sound like a made-up place? It's like... No, American Samoa is one of the islands down near Tonga and Fiji. What is, why does a nation near Tonga get to vote? I live in Oregon. I'm here in the country. Because they're in American territory, and they have to uh, have to suffer under Bush just like the rest of us. Oh, whatever. All right, how can I help you, sir? Well, hey, I got a couple things. I wanted to ask yeah. Sarah Dillon if the Punk Palace in downtown Bremerton was still operating. No. Dude, that was the most horrible, hideous excuse for an arcade I have ever seen the in Punk my Palace? life. Yeah, it was this laundromat slash they brought in a bunch <laughs> of video games. They had a bunch of uh, pool tables, and all the guys that sold acid would hang out down I there. Love a, was I... it down near the ferry? It was. Yeah. It was just straight out of the first street gate of the shipyard, and all the squids would run out of the ship and go straight down there just to just to congregate, hang out while they got drunk on forties. And yeah, that was that turned into a bar, and then now I think it's a like some ghetto tattoo parlor. Yeah, uh, I'm I, pretty sure. I love anything that's a laundromat slash something. Yeah, uh, Rick, do yeah. you remember a book back in the 1980s called? Uh, it was by a guy named Frank Peretti, and it was really uh, popular amongst the Christian community called "This Present Darkness." Mm, wait, was was it was it part of a series? Yeah, it was. It was part of a series. Yeah. about how I never and, read it, but I heard about it. No, I read the book, and the weird thing was that they had this. Um, this was. The, about the uh, demon invasion to Earth. Yeah. And the center focal point of it was this arcade that, you know, just so much reminded me of Punk Palace, downtown Bremerton. Oh. I thought the guy from Seattle. Arcades and Dungeons and Dragons games, those are the two centers of, of evil in the universe, like in the 80s. Yeah. 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 Well, since the author was from Seattle, I thought he probably modeled it on um, the Punk Palace in downtown Bremerton. A hideous place. All right. Thank you, sir. There you go. All right. Uh, let's see here. Let's get a couple of these calls, and then we'll break. Come back with Tim Riley with the Ministry of Truth. Hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick. Okay. Like, can I just tell you, first of all, about American Samoa, they have two anthems. One, the Star Spangled Banner, and then they have their other one. I swear to you, it's called America with a K. America Samoa. I don't. Yeah, what kind of country native. has America with a K? I think we know the answer well, to that. It's just a little done on the map. It's a country run by Ivan. What? Native spelling, I guess. I don't mm-hmm. know. <laughs> But they're down there by the Hawaiian Islands. Their capital is Pago Pago. Yep. Awesome. Uh huh. All right. And used to send freight down to them all the time. They love spam. Sarah, I'm going to hand you a little thing about American Samoa. I'm looking at it right now on Wikipedia. Okay. Does it? It doesn't. You it's never met Samoans before. They're huge people, like giants. Yeah, they're big guys. Yeah. Well, I mean, but but is American Samoa? Is that the only place where Samoans come from? Are there like other sure. Samoas? No, that's the only Samoa. That's well, the only Samoa that, that there is. It's just like a little small string of islands. I think it's kind of interesting that we've taken it and stamped our brand name on it, though. Well, we, we kicked the Japanese out. That's it's sort of like Tom, like Tom Clancy's Op Center. 
You know, like, make, this is America's Samoa. This is confusing. So persons born in American Samoa are American nationals, but not United States citizens. I think that means That's we can correct. tax them, but they can't do anything. That's like Puerto Ricans. Exactly. You know, Puerto Ricans have to register for the military, but cannot yeah. vote. Mm -hmm. um, taxation without representation is what that is. All right. Thank you, sir. There you go. It's located like in Oceania. It's not. It is. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, we've always been at war with them. <laughs> if you look, look for it, it's a little dot. Okay. It's 199 square kilometers. Yeah, it's small. It's 76 square miles. They get to mm. vote today. Oh, man. That's it. When I'm president, I'm going to declare war American on American Samoa. American small enough to have one zip code. Really? Mm-hmm. That yeah. contains 23 primary schools and six secondary schools. Can I tell you this? Uh, my uh, my wife went on vacation for a couple weeks. She didn't so, go to Samoa, though. No, she didn't. Uh, but for a couple weeks, she went to this, uh, you know, she went to Panama, and then for a few days, she went with her friend Kristen, and then they uh, they went to uh, a little island um, off, you know, like it was near Panama somehow. Can I tell you this? First of all, she showed me a picture of the island where they stayed for a couple of days, like from the sea, from the water. The island, I'm guessing, the island is about the size of maybe from this building here to um, maybe that 7-Eleven down the street. I mean, it was like the entire island was like less than a mile, of, uh, you know, it was like a less than a mile square. It was minuscule. It was unbelievable. You, like you, you kind of think that places like that only exist on Gilligan's Island, like little tiny miniature islands with like literally, and it was like a full-on Gilligan's Island thing. It was a little tiny miniature island and like five straw huts uh, where like the tourists come and they live in. It's I guess there's some sort of waiting list. Yeah, they could be anywhere. I used to vacation on an island when I was a kid. It was in like the middle of a lake. It really? Yeah. It was like she was staying. She showed me some pictures. Like she's like, here's a pic. And of course, I mean, you know, like Portland where it's 20 degrees and raining toads and ice. She's like, hey, here's a picture of me and sitting in my hammock on this island. And it, it was like she was staying in one of those screensaver photos. You know what I mean? Like one of those photos where it's like there's like the low the low bendy tree, you know, that just like and you and you always think to yourself like, where do they take these screensaver photos of these islands? She's now been to one of those, and she's uh -huh. like, here I am. And she's like, here's a pic. And then she showed me a photograph of, like, the view straight up from her hammock. And it was quite literally a hammock strung between two coconut trees on the beach. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't really think those places exist. No, they do. So, yeah. I mean, you can be on an island that's only enough for a house and the boat ramp. By the way, in case anybody should think to themselves why I'm jealous that she got to take such a trip, here's a reason not to be jealous. Um, the This didn't happen to her, but the girl who was her traveling companion uh, apparently made the mistake of, wait for it. Drinking the water. Oh. oh. And all I'm going to say is this. Apparently in some other cultures, it's not just assumed that you leave toilet paper in the bathroom. They expect you to have your own. Girl didn't have her own. What she did have, her Panama tour book. <laughs> Soft, strong, and thoroughly absorbent. All right. Let's take a break, shall we? We'll be uh, back after this. There's somebody who went to high school in, in what Richie is calling Simonia. Mm-hmm. All right, plus Tim Riley, who has news for us. Uh, let's see, what else? Well, other things. Coming up later, two pair of rush tickets. Stay there for the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. Well, okay, then. Do you have, uh, do you have any uh, anything on that, Tim? Well, I do have this breaking news okay. story. 
Ladies and gentlemen, with this breaking news update, let's go to the Ministry of Truth. Time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. We have a Huffington situation underway at the Motel 6. That's a hotel. Motel. A motel. A motel. motel. Holiday Inn. Holiday Inn. Motel Sorry. 6. Near Cleveland High School, the school is in lockdown mode, protecting our most precious commodity, our children. Once again, the hostage situation at the Motel 6 near Cleveland High School is now underway. That's all the tales we have at this moment. Well, you know, the, the place is just such, such a death trap anyway. I mean, maybe somebody didn't want their morning of love interrupted. Every time I drive by that Motel 6, there is either a cop cruiser sitting in there or there is yellow police tape around oh, every it. Every single time. And I love that how it has the billboard where it changes the price every day. Uh-huh. Or there's like a power washing going on in the parking lot. And we all know what that means. Yeah. So anyway, so that is right across from the Perry Center, uh, filled, uh, I believe, with drug-addled, drug-addled youths. And... um. The, and then there's the taco house right there. So if you're at the taco house, which has kind of overpriced food but has cheap well drinks, uh, or if you're at uh, well, if Cocktails you're and Dreams. Your, if you're planning a romantic escape to the Motel 6, <laughs> then you might be planning worth... your... You should worry instead of work on planning your escape from the Motel 6. So that's all we have at the moment. Uh, I hope no one's dead. I'll feel really awkward about this whole thing. No. Anyway, but it's a hostage situation, apparently. It is a okay. hostage situation. So there you go. Please don't go by and stare. Uh, so Hillary made uh, one last uh, television stop before the uh, the Super Tuesday elections today in San Francisco with mixed results. How will you use your husband, Bill Clinton, in the administration? We assume you won't be... You know, this... Uh, Super flu. I was reading in the paper yesterday, and this is what happens in these long campaigns. You get the... Yes. We know that I won't hold you on here uh, any longer because you probably could use some water there. Oh, that's Senator, thank you. I just posted that on my blog if you want to look at Captain it. Trips. Oh, that's great. Oh, that is so... How will you use your husband, Bill Clinton, in the administration? We assume he won't be... You know, this, uh, we shouldn't be laughing. I was reading in the paper yesterday, and this is what happens in these long campaigns. You get the. Yes. We know that I won't hold you on here uh, any longer because uh, you probably could use some water. Senator, thank you. Oh, uh, man. Really that is really, York, really uh, funny. That's well done. And it's. Where where was she being interviewed uh, right there? Where were you, San Francisco? Oh man! Well, that's what she gets for trying to go there and share their San Francisco values. Mm-hmm. The you, uh, Phelps must have noticed that. <laughs> Jesus, what a! I mean, that's just the sort of thing that you know is going to end up on YouTube immediately. You know what I mean? So, um, all right, can you uh, already? Can you can you play that one more time? I got a little something to add to that. Right, hang on a minute, I got to go back to this then. All right. <laughs> we can aug- I think there's one more way we can augment her coughing. Okay. Jesus. Uh, it sounds bad too. That's the bad thorax rattling cough that you know. Do we look down? You have the spotted with blood handkerchief. Uh huh. All right. Uh, let's see here. All right, we're about ready to go again. This is because everybody's besieging your. Uh, that is your website. That is probably why right. at this moment. Uh, that's a death rattle of a cough, is what that is. Mm-hmm. Left. How will you use your husband, Bill Clinton, in the administration? We assume he won't be. I was reading in the paper. Yes. 
Senator, thank you. Hillary Clinton live from New York. Okay, I don't know if that was funny or not. No, that was stupid. The tide stain on top of it. I'm like, what are you trying to do? It's the talking tide stain. I know it's the talking tide stain. America has decided they love the talking stain, Tara. It just felt like automation had taken over. All right. Well, give me points for trying something a little funny. You did try. You know what? You did try. It's almost as if we all went home and the station went haywire. I was trying to do a little YouTube mashup there. Sometimes these things work. I think like with the guy talking and her coughing already, that was just like. Yeah. yeah. Can I tell you this? Here's can I tell that you was too much. What I what I spent a long time doing yesterday was trying to isolate the talking stain sound yesterday. Did you get it? You know, it doesn't really So tell me about yourself. Well, you know, an organized person, somebody who does not need details. I'm actually very, very good with groups. The problem is, is that the stain almost never talks by itself. It's almost always with the guy. There are only a couple seconds worth of the stain talking, this conversation makes no sense to anybody. They haven't seen the commercial. There's only a couple seconds where the stain talks by itself, and I tried to isolate them out, and it really is just like a second and a half of audio. I surpassed all my goals, my prior job, and your competitor. My surpassed their own goals. All right, so if anybody wants to do a, a better job, but what I would just like is just to have an unbroken string of stain-speak gibberish. But, uh, you know, I couldn't. I tried my hand, but I couldn't do it. So, uh, all right, here's Tim Riley. Well, you get an A for effort for trying. Thank you. Wow, that, uh, that Hillary Clinton thing is so bad, though. Yeah. Jesus. You know, and it's not just her. We shouldn't poke fun at hers, but, you know, that happens at the, at the end of every political cycle. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like it's it's almost a, just a, a thing that is expected at this point. Well, you're running around with that stale air on these jets. Oh yeah, and you're going from heated air to cold air to heated air to cold air to damp air to dry air, speaking nonstop. Your body racked with stress and alcohol, undoubtedly. Plus, oh. huge crowds of the crate unwashed, and who knows what they're. Oh god, it's shaking hands with just a bunch of filth-ridden it's, it's freaks like, everywhere it's like you go. Days on the max. Oh yeah, exactly. Like there's that there's that that footage of Bill Clinton right at the end, right as he right as Bill Clinton goes into um, right as he goes into the general election against George Bush in '92. Clinton is speaking. I can't talk anymore, and he's just got his voice totally completely gone. So, all right. Um, well, we should get this American Samoa call, because I feel bad. These guys have been waiting for him. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show about American Samoa. Hello, Hi, sir. Hi. Uh, you're brilliant. You're, you're probably one of the most brilliant observers of pop culture well, it is alive true. today. No, that's true. Well, Really, everybody ought to just send me a bags full of cash right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, back to the Estacado in the ocean. Uh, American Samoa. Yes. I lived there from 72 to 77. Why? Uh, my father worked for the FAA. Okay. And uh, I went to uh, elementary, junior high, well, actually, junior high and high school there. Uh, it is a fascinating and beautiful place for the first oh, six, eight months. But it's, it's small, though. I mean, it's minuscule, right? Well, American Samoa itself, the island is only like nine miles long and three miles wide. Right. That's that's Tutuila, the main island. It is like Tonga. Tonga's the same way, where it's like five feet wide and then goes on for a mile. Yeah, yeah. Tonga's 850 miles to the southwest, and there's there's uh, a lot of history there. There is a Western Samoa, which is a country of in and of itself, 
and there are far more Samoans in Western Samoa. Actually, there are more Samoans in San Diego than there are in all of Samoa, but that's right. beside the point. All right. Thank you for the uh, thank you for the heads up, sir. We appreciate the information. Uh, yeah. One other thing. Yeah. Um, somebody. I'm dying of dengue. <laughs> I've got a recurrence of dengue fever and malaria. So, if you ever want to visit there, make sure you have all your shots. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. Words oh. to live by. <laughs> The more you know. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, so we'll get back to more election news in just a minute, but first some local stuff. It's on a moment too soon for a tiny Oregon town buried in snow. This is Idana, Oregon, spelled I-D-A-H-N-A. Idana is covered in snow. Some 30 members of the Oregon National Guard are heading to Idana to help them dig out after record amounts of snow has caused damage and panic. Do we really have to send the National Guard be- to, to, to shovel snow? Yeah, look at how deep that snow is. It it's like, like New England. A town like that seems like it ought to be more of a candy. Well, that is a lot of snow. Yeah. Okay, never mind. I, I take it back. That's Jesus. a lot of snow. That's covering houses. Yes, it is. <laughs> Maybe the houses are just really small. Well, no, I guess it doesn't matter. it's a tiny town. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Main Street Disneyland. Wow. That's unbelievable. Please to be passing. I want to see if the yeah. tiny town is really to the top of the house. That is to the top of the house. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't live there. All right. So you don't want to do that. No. Uh, what platforms at some light rail stations are causing mild electrical shocks to guide dogs for the blind that cause the animals to ignore their training and make them unable to do their jobs? The same problem came up a few years ago, requiring three dogs to be retrained and forced one to retire. The dogs are given freedom to the blind, but it costs more than $50,000 to train one. Apparently, the problem has occurred on the west side of the city. Uh, let's see. The west side max station apparently is giving dogs shocks. The original problem had uh, been animals that stepped onto wet train tracks. Oh, that's no good. Mm-hmm. That's like, uh, you know, every time I'm taking the subway anywhere, mm-hmm. like in New York or when I was in uh, London, and you look down there, and I always, it, here's what I can never figure out. I can never figure out what exactly the third rail is. Mm-hmm. They always said, like, don't step on the third rail. I don't really, I'm fascinated by which one of those is the third rail. And I don't really know the answer to that. But apparently dogs are stepping on whatever it is. So apparently the word from Max is, uh, they went out, did, they did tests. And they don't know what ca- causes the problem at all, which is very reassuring. That Max never knows how to solve any of their problems, I, I, regardless of what they I, are. I like problems that can't be quantified or explained in any way. I think somebody sent me a, hold on. Wow. This is the best thing I've ever heard. Okay. Let's, let's let Tim get through the news hour, and then you no, can play I'm, with that no, later. No, I'm filing, I'm filing the URL away right now, I promise. <laughs> you sound like you have such a mom tone sometimes. You can play with your talking stain after dinner. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, cock-a-doodle don't. Rooster owners in Southern California may be about to get their feathers ruffled. Measure A on today's ballot seeks to muffle cock-a-doodle doing and crack down on illegal <laughs> cockfighting by limiting the number of roosters residents can own. In parts of Riverside, California. Is this really a necessary... Okay. Yes, right. it is. Yeah. Apparently, it's a big problem in, okay. in Riverside. It uh, goes on for about 3 o'clock in the morning till 8 or 9 o'clock at night. Uh, the neighbors, uh, one of them has 200 roosters at one time. There's a lot of crowing going on. Everyone is more macho than the other. They complained to the city council. The code enforcement has taken action... But now a lot of people have lost a lot of sheep asleep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the current law allows 50 birds, that's 50 roosters, 
But the measure would only allow seven and require birds to be confined to a, to a structure at least 100 feet from neighbors from sunrise to sunset. So things will change from cock-a-doodle-doo to cock-a-doodle-don't. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, let's talk more about the election. It looks like, uh, to the surprise of no one, former Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee has won the West Virginia Republican Presidential Convention. So he wins the, uh, the, so the caucus. So he won the caucus. He in, wins uh, a moonshine. In, uh, he wins a moon pie and some flapjacks. <laughs> he wins a canary in a coal mine. He does. Uh, voters in West Virginia had to vote at their convention twice. So they had to remember to go back a second time. You know, what's interesting is I talked to Bob Costantini and... Uh, I guess they've divided up the coverage sort of by region because he said, well, you know, we got somebody. That I'm assuming he's talking about Jim Roop. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, we have somebody in California. He hadn't heard anything about these uh, voting problems that have already started in California. Mm-hmm. But that is so wonderful. Oh, I hope it's true. Just just one huge political conflagration. Uh, let's see here. There are uh, voting problems reported in some states, including New Jersey, where the governor had to wait for a touchscreen machine to be fixed. Why do we? Never mind. Never mind. Uh, eight precincts in Chicago had minor problems, and the ninth was expected to stay open late hours after misplaced voting equipment caused nearly uh-huh. two uh, two hour delay. Misplaced, how, how, yeah, misplaced. How great and totally unexpected is it that we have problems in New Jersey and Chicago? Let's all be surprised. Uh, more from Chicago. A hot dog joint doubling as a polling place had a technical glitch. It left only one touch machine in use, making the line much longer at You Lucky Dog, where the special of the day including. <laughs> A flying burrito for 309. <laughs> what do you suppose was the bigger draw there today, the voting or the flying burrito? In Georgia, where uh, voting is now... Re- oh, you have to present a photo ID in Georgia. Well, I thought you had to present... Ah, never mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait times in some areas are as long as 90 minutes. Let's see, what else do we have here? I thought you had to present photo ID to vote everywhere, but then I realized that I guess you don't because I never have. I've never been asked to do that. Well, thing. more than 5 million have requested <laughs> mail-in ballots in California. Well, that's the thing that about Hillary Clinton versus Barack Obama. Everybody's on this whole thing about Obama is on, that he gets such a huge spike recently, which is true. The interesting thing, though, is so many people in California voted right after the New Hampshire primary, which is weeks ago. Um, that he may, to to some degree, miss out on this big surge he's supposedly having, because a lot of those people who might now have voted for him already voted for Hillary. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Uh, before we continue with the election news, attention Catholics. Ash Wednesday is the first day of Lent. It marks 40 days before Easter. Catholic holidays float because some like Easter are counted in uh, an old calendar, which is different than the calendar we use. So Fat Tuesday is always the day before Ash Wednesday. So uh, you're supposed to uh, have fun until midnight, then go to mass, and then walk around hungover. It really is like it is the whole Catholic, Catholic, the whole Catholic religion writ small. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just, but booze yourself until midnight, and then weep and beg for God's forgiveness the next day. So, uh, so get on that now. So once again, uh, we had that uh, hostage situation to report. At Motel 6 near Cleveland High School, the school is currently in lockdown mode. Yeah. Well, how is that different? I've seen that school. How is that different from how it is every Well, it day? should be every day. I mean, really, really honestly. It should be in lockup mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hillary said uh, there's no question about who will be in control between herself and her husband once elected to the White House. You know, um, in my White House, we will know who wears the pantsuits. That's that's no no that's, no no no, no. That. that crosses the line from rye to just stupid. She no. shouldn't be saying that. No, it's it's a dumb line. No, and it's it's stupid because like she shouldn't be. 
I, I don't know. Whatever. She it's, makes it's, me mad. It's, 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 like she's operating. Like she's she's draws keeps drawing attention to the fact that she's a woman. Yeah, it's like it's, just run as a you know as a person. Run as a person, not as a woman. No one really thinks of her as having female parts anyway. Let's be honest. No. I mean, really, no one thinks about what's underneath that pantsuit. Here's Tim Riley. Oh, by the way, she was on Letterman, and that's where it came from. Oh, well, okay, that that makes it, I guess, a little bit more palatable. Uh, what are these people calling about? I don't know. How will you use your husband, Bill Clinton, in the administration? I was reading in the paper yesterday, and this is what happens in this long campaign. We know that I won't hold you on here uh, any longer because you probably could use some water there. Senator, thank you. Hillary Clinton, live from uh, New York. Uh, Hillary Clinton voted this morning. That was by accident. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Really good, and I feel like we've got a great uh, campaign across the country. Obviously, this is unprecedented. It's never been done before. Trying to have a national primary, cover all of this ground. They spare no expense covering this, this election. <laughs> we got one of them telephones. All right. Uh, here's we got news about the thing on Powell. Simonia calls or unknown? Hmm. Equal interest, I would say. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello. I was calling about the thing on Powell. They got in between 33rd and, like, 29th blocked off. There's, like, I don't know, probably about 30 or 50 cop cars, and oh. they have oh a SWAT truck and all really? this miscellaneous. Yeah, it's pretty pretty hardcore out there. Oh, that is so cool. We were wondering if it was, if it was, because we were coming up Powell, and then all of a sudden all this traffic's turning left to, uh, you know, go right. around detour or whatever. By, uh, so, by the way, so for anybody who's going up Powell, uh, the SWAT truck is cool. I don't know if whatever's going on inside the Motel 6 is cool. I can only assume it's the same group of... I've never seen the SWAT truck. Meth-addled nitwits. It's, it's, it's a big not panel van, right? You, it's not like one of the ones that you see in the movie says SWAT on the side or whatever. It's just a black truck with a whole bunch of red and blue lights Does all over it. Does it look like a, like a black mail truck? Uh, like a panel look, van? A little bit. Not, not, not so much a panel van. More the, the cab on the front with the big back. Right. And, you know. So if anybody's trying to get to southeast right now, Powell is, you say, blocked from like 29th to 33rd? Yeah, 29th to 33rd. It's right. completely blocked off both ways. So you ways. might want to go got... up uh, Hawthorne or Clinton or something. Yeah, like just, you know, go go around it somehow, definitely. That's All right. Be and so you said, that you said that there are many, many police cars there. There are, yes. I couldn't even count. And they were all coming up Powell behind us, and everybody's trying to shuffle over, Jeez. and then more to the mess. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, here's uh, one more on that. Hi, you're on, the Rick e you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Me? Hi. Sorry. Yeah, what's up? Um, I got two kids at Cleveland. I just wondered, do you, do you know whether it's any of the kids that are in Cleveland involved? Or uh, no, no. It, it doesn't, no, it doesn't, sound it, like it doesn't that. say that, and it doesn't sound that way. It just sounds like, because, you know, they do this every time anybody gets a gun. They just, I think, as a precaution now, they immediately lock down any hospital or just, school. Just because it's close. I think so. I think like any government building, and that includes schools, any government building within X miles of a hostage thing is immediately locked out. Just just so kids don't go out and add themselves to the mix, or just right. you know what whatever. On the off chance of some nutcase roaming around with a gun, but I think they close all government buildings, and that includes the school. Most likely, it'll be like other times. The kids will be all excited and tell me about it later. Totally, no, the, no. The, the kids, the kids are just, you know, the kids are watching it right now. And like, you know, there's some kid on a BlackBerry who's telling everybody in the school about it. So yeah. Good. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right.
some of these calls, I'm looking at the screen, that just don't make any sense. So I'll wait. Here's Tim Riley. So let's get back to this again. Uh, Michael Moore is a big fan of Hillary Clinton, but says he will not vote for her. I like Senator Clinton very much, and I had a, a chapter I wrote about her in my first book called My Forbidden Love for Hillary. But her vote for the war and her continual voting for the war, uh, morally uh, impossible for me to vote for her. What does George Clooney think? You know, I'm an Obama guy for a year and a half, so I'm very excited by his campaign. And the more time he's out there, the better his numbers get, the more people get to know him. So I'm, I'm very encouraged by this. I don't think anything's going to be decided. I think it's going to come down to Ohio. Barack Obama! And by the way, can I mention something that I hadn't really thought of? Sure. But now about 17 different people have emailed me about this. I'm going to play this Ted Kennedy thing to the beginning. Mm. See if you can imagine what many, many, many uh, listeners are reading into this comment. Tonight, here in Connecticut, sort of I'm asking each and every one of you to do for Barack Obama what you did for John Kennedy and Robert Kennedy. Oh. <laughs> you see what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Doesn't that sound a little awkward? Yeah. Mm -hmm, it does. Tonight, here in Connecticut... I'm asking each and every one of you to do for Barack Obama what you did for John Kennedy and Robert Kennedy. Oh, jeez. Yeah. That's one of those things I hadn't really thought about, and then every single email I got referenced that. So, mm. yeah. That's an awkward... Uh... Oh, tomorrow would have been Ronald Reagan's 97th birthday. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was going to make a cruel joke. I won't. You know what? Today I'll let it pass. Today, because of the uh, because of the, uh, the the primary in California, I will let my Ronald Reagan jokes rest. But tomorrow, what? Tomorrow? No, tomorrow will be uh, we'll be right on it. Say, so here's somebody we don't hear about uh, very often. <laughs> and is Hillary Clinton in the room? I was just gonna say I have this. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, we very seldom hear from Barack Obama's uh, lovely wife Michelle. She's in Utah today and uh, speaking to the crowd. We should be at a point in time in this country where our children, regardless of their political affiliation, their geographic location, their race, their gender, they should be able to dream big dreams. That sounds reasonable. She's in Utah? Yeah. I mean, for what reason? Well, it's one of the states, isn't it? I get it. Well, unfortunately. I really, right now, I'd swap Utah for American Samoa. I would. Just to kick them out the sea and just bring the Samoans right on in here. You know, can I just tell you this though? I oddly like enough, the Samoans. Well, you know, you know, you know, Utah for whatever reason is filled with Samoans. I don't know why. I like their language. It is no, it's a, and Tongans too, man. Utah is filled with Tongans, like to the brim. So I, I don't understand what that's about. I don't, I don't know from from whence uh, that derives. By the way, I'm noting on the back of Sarah Dillon's left hand in in big block letters, it says "Pay rent," and then it has a big exclamation. As mark. it should be. No. <laughs> She's being responsible. There um, are mortgages to pay on these buildings, you know. <laughs> Landowners everywhere appreciate your expediency, Sarah. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, all right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, guys. Hey, Rick. What's up? What's hey, up? How y'all doing today? Hey. Um, I have uh, – the chances are good that the guy holed up in the Motel 6 is listening right now. Hello. And um, I just want to tell him, look, dude, I left my cell phone in there. Can you just, like, don't take it out with you because the cops will get it. Um, just leave it in there, and I'll get it from the evidence room. It's no big deal. Rick, can you play that that weird audio conflagration again? What? Can you play that weird uh, audio thing again? What audio thing again? 
the thing you were playing like five minutes ago that was like six, three different tracks all at once? Are you being flipped, sir? What? No, seriously, I heard like a meatloaf right there. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't really get to use the stain as much as I wanted to. I don't so even know what the cops say. Uh, this stain, person uh, in the mo- I'm sorry, the that really is the motel. <laughs> it was a response to an earlier restraining order violation, so apparently the, the troubled person is staying at the motel. Uh, all right. I have to close this window because it's, I'm actually not trying to play the stain thing, but every time I move the cursor up to close the window, you uh-huh. have to drag it across. You have to move the cursor across the screen to close it, and it's... <laughs> So, I closed the window now. I'm sorry. About well, that. that would be unacceptable. <laughs> I just don't want you to be like, and sources report blood everywhere, and meanwhile, I have the talking stain going in the background. That's what <laughs> that would talking be stain. In, in, inappropriate <laughs> on so many levels. Police say they've never seen so much blood. The talking stain supports Barack Obama. <laughs> uh, uh, well, right. Here's another uh, talking stain that nobody needs their support. They see in him this ability uh, to help in those uh, states, to pull stain. people... Uh, into the process and to sort of, you know, attract Jesus. independents and Republicans and build a new coalition. I think that's very important. Yeah, whatever. Shut up. All right. Uh, so, by the way, speaking of that, so here's two notes I made from last night. One was John, uh, was Ted Kennedy doing this thing, where Ted Kennedy sort of starts to sound like the talking stain at the end. Um, secondly. Did you see the footage of John Kerry speaking in a nursing home yesterday? Two people sitting there. Yeah. All these chairs empty. I counted. I stopped the TiVo and I counted. <laughs> First of all, how how appropriate is it that John Kerry's speaking in a nursing home? That's just old and out of touch, talking to the old and out of touch. Five people in the room. I And that's not like a comedic exaggeration. I stopped and I looked at the screen and I counted. John Kerry at a nursing home speaking to five people, a sea of empty chairs. Not even the people at the nursing home. I mean, the rest of their day just consists of gumming various things, and they couldn't even be bothered to go here and talk. And you know that that's the thing where the, the Democratic Party was like, Let's, okay, he, he insists on being included somewhere. Where can we send him where he will do no damage and have no effect? Send him to the old-timers unit. <laughs> exactly. And so he's just sitting there talking to a bunch of people in bunny slippers, reeking of Ben Gay. Um, I'm not going to take any calls right now. Here's Tim Riley. Are you sure? Well, here's the thing. I'm looking at it here. Another Samoan call. I think we've exhausted the Samoan topic. Well, it's educational for some. But, I mean, how much more is there to learn about American Samoa? And what do I care? I mean, really, even if there's lots more to learn about American Samoa, does it? The caller's now changed it to talk about Utah. So he just, he's, so I don't want to talk about Samoa, so now he's offering up Utah. Um, somebody about a cell phone and somebody about Ted Kennedy. The Ted Kennedy call, I'm almost certain, is going to go wrong somehow. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick. How we doing, man? What's up? Hey, uh, well, before I uh, make my comment, I just want to say that Richie's being funny as heck today. When he, uh, like, after he asked me for my name and what I want to talk about, he no. immediately started to do a... <laughs> 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 I was like, wait, no, hey, wait. Here's the thing. That'll be funny today. By about tomorrow, everybody in the country will be sick of that. Yeah, but I thought it was pretty funny. It is funny so today. I... What's up, sir? Hey, uh, well, uh, you know, it's, it's really weird, like, um, you know... Uh, Obviously, you know, uh, his uh, Kennedy's comments could be taken like a certain way, which is what you were talking about. I didn't talk it now. I just, uh, re- realize now I did not specify. You did not specify I, those comments. In made. no way uh, at all did I specify exactly uh, what Ted Kennedy might have uh, inadvertently made people think of. In well, no way did I specify that. 
And there's obviously two ways you could go on that because, you know, the Kennedys were kind of like, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, hoping to dream, you know, that, uh, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, the, the, the obvious <laughs> That's thing. That's exactly what the political platform said. <laughs> hoping to dream, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, uh, it just, you know, it reminded me, uh, you know, uh, both my roommates, uh, who are totally for Obama, and a lot of my friends are, um, you know, like, everybody is afraid that if he gets elected, he's going to get assassinated. And I just think it's a really weird social commentary on, you know, although, like, people are totally pulling for Obama, uh, like, everybody's all afraid that he's going to get shot at some point. By everybody, and, and, by everybody you mean you and your roommates? No, no, we, I of don't course, we, of course, wish uh, Barack Obama and all government officials a long life and the best of health. So. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I, I will, think it's kind of a I will say this. commentary. I will say this. I will say that Alma Powell, who is Colin Powell's wife, um, yes. according to numerous accounts, uh, Colin Powell's wife finally just put her foot down at one point and told him he could not run because she was afraid uh, that if he were elected, there would be some bitter nutcase. Uh, you know who would have a problem with it? So you know exactly. What can you do? Well, you know what? I, I got I to tell you though. It, well, I'm not even going to get into it. I'm just going to say it's it's, yeah. it's it, it, uh, I have to if if you and your roommates have considered that and if some you know there was some other some other guy it was like on Fox. Some guy was raising that possible. Do you think there may be who was it? It was um it was a guy from CBS actually. Um, go figure. It was a guy from CBS who was talking to Ted Kennedy, and he, oh, I don't think I have the sound, though. Let me see if I do. There was a guy, a, a CBS news guy, talking to Ted Kennedy, and the guy flat out asked him, um, are you afraid that if Barack gets uh, elected, somebody will, you know, take it, you know, somebody will attempt harm against him? And it was just so incredibly awkward to be asking Ted Kennedy, whose two brothers got gunned down about that. I have to go track it down, but it was a guy on CBS television who said that. But if, if everybody, like if that guy at CBS has thought of it, and if you and your uh, roommates have thought of it, clearly the rest of the government will have thought about it. And I have to tell you, anybody who even sneezes in the direction of Barack Obama uh, will be taken down and cut into small pieces by the Secret Service. So. Well, that's what I believe. I mean, our yeah. our Secret Service has done such a good job, oh, and I just I thought it was I thought it was kind of weird that uh, my, I mean, like seriously, my my uh, female roommate is convinced that if he gets elected, he's wow. going to be shot within six months, and I don't I don't like that idea at all. Man. No, I don't think anybody does. I think we're going to move on from the issue of shooting people. Thank you, sir. <laughs> just becomes more awkward every time we talk about it. Thank you, my friend. All right, it's 503. I have to go figure out who it was now. It was some guy on the CBS News program who said that to Ted Kennedy. Ted Kennedy, of course, I believe was drunk and didn't really get what the guy was referring to, so he had to ask him three different times. Uh, let's take a break. Back after this, we get back uh, a cell phone observation. Somebody about the price is right and fat people. A bacon recipe. And, of course, more news from Tim Riley. Stay there. We'll return after this. Don't go anywhere. Don't Talking stain. Jesus. Now I know what it's going to sound like when I go mental someday. It's. It's the Rick Emerson show. 
I don't even know where that's coming from. Okay, we have to stop. Somebody out there? It's not coming from me. Somewhere out there is somebody with paranoid schizophrenia, and we are driving them one step closer to picking up the gun. Then they'll be wheeled into a room, and they'll be sat there, and somebody will put on deliverance again. Exactly. Richie is going to, um, next hour, we don't have to do it now, but um, Sarah pointed out something I had noticed, which is if you listen to the stain, it's obviously uh, dial. listen to the stain. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell you by the proper name. Well, it's the stain, <laughs> Ask the stain. <laughs> Ask the stain is a hilarious bit. Because it would always give the same answer, right? It would always, dear Stain. See, see it's I have a desk with a bunch of books behind dear, it. <laughs> dear, dear, dear Stain, my boyfriend doesn't love me anymore. I think he likes another girl. To make matters worse, we share homeroom together, and so I have to see him every day, and it's a little awkward. Should I tell him my feelings and hope that we can get back together, or should I just move on with my life? Signed, Margo. So, but Richie is going to isolate. Richie's going to isolate the audio, and then we're going to reverse it and play it backward and see what it sounds like forward. Because you're right, it is clearly audio that's been reversed and played backward. So we're going to turn it. Yeah, we're going to reverse it and play it front ways and see see uh, how you know what if he's actually saying anything if you play it backward. Because that wouldn't that be a great little bit of viral marketing that will point you towards a website perhaps. (laughs) All right, here's Tim Riley. Well, okie doke. Let's go back and uh, take a look at some of this election stuff. Uh, let's see if we have anything uh, new. And so Huckabee apparently won all the delegates in West Virginia. Like, that's a big thing. <laughs> that's that's really the base that you want to represent. Mm-hmm. So let's get back to uh, talking to more people about this uh, thing. Let's talk about uh, John McCain's campaign. Uh, Vietnam veteran John Henry explains why he thinks uh, John McCain will lose today. He is for the war. We are against war. Most of the people in this United States are against the war. Just look at the polls. And he will not win on that basis. So he doesn't think McCain's going to win today or in general? In general. Oh, well, that's, that's true. No, it, no, he, no, he's hosed. It doesn't matter whether it's Hillary or Barack, McCain's going to get the schooled. Uh, Huckabee says uh, Christians are not the only ones voting for him. It really is a lot about people who are fair tax folks, homeschool. But interestingly, I also have supported people in teachers' unions because they know on issues like health care and education, nobody has fought through these issues, has more of a record on leading on them. You know, McCain, McCain, Huckabee has just got that folksy sort of just plain people uh, delivery down, but... Never mind. So old Sam will deliver your groceries to your house. <laughs> Taking you back to a simpler time when certain folks knew their place. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's like his whole appeal. His whole appeal is taking you back to some, I was going to say, black and white past, but that's... Before the French ruined everything. <laughs> inadvertently ironic. Exactly. Uh, the French and uppity wives. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. It's good. To, it's comforting to know uh, that that guy really can't ever win anything, that he's, he's polling at like 11% or something. So... Uh, John Mellencamp reportedly doesn't want to be associated with John McCain. The Rolling Stone says the Arizona senator has been using such songs as Pink Houses in our country at his campaign rallies without permission. While Mellencamp hasn't made a public statement about the unauthorized broadcast of his music at the political functions, 
His uh, reps have said to have approached the McCain camp about removing the tracks from the plane. Well, and not only is that inappropriate, it's just stupid. Because uh, It pains me to even have to make these observations. Should I make this observation? Please make the observation. Here's the thing. As with every idiot, how many, don't we have the story every four years about some moronic politician that cranks up either Born in the USA or Pink Houses mm-hmm. as their campaign song, like, without ever having to actually, like, listen to the song? Because Pink House is all about the working man getting the shaft by, you know, by the man and so forth. Because the simple man, baby, pays the bills, the thrills, the pills that kill, blah, 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 blah. I can't ever say blah, 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 and now I sound like a stain. Um... But it's just another one of those songs that clearly doesn't mean what John McCain... I don't even know what that was. Thinks it means. Anyway, and we're done. Here's Tim Riley. John McCain is for John Edwards, by the way. It's a little bit too late for that, though, isn't it? John McCain is for John Edwards? I mean, uh, John... Uh... That would be exciting. <laughs> that would be exciting. <laughs> this just in. There are too many Johns. Really, that is true. All right. At All least right. we'll get rid of uh, some. We'll, we'll quit. And anyway, uh, a millionaire top fundraiser for Mitt Romney has stepped down. Uh, James Sims uh, stepped aside after they uncovered the fact that he owed more than a half million dollars in back taxes in a few <laughs> states, including two hundred sixty-three thousand dollars dating back three years on the back day mansion in Boston. Wonderful. That he had on the market for $7 million. Excellent. Lisa Sigourney, who oversees tax collections with the city of Boston, says it's tough for anyone to say they don't know that the taxes are owed. A delinquent taxpayer could receive up to six notices from the city of Boston once they're delinquent. Uh, By the way, just as a side note about Mitt Romney. Yes. Do you remember that? This, he makes me think of Utah, of course. Do you remember that, uh, that company that they run in Utah, Clean Flicks? Which is where you can take in your filthy R-rated Hollywood fare and have all the nudity and interesting parts taken out of it. When they cover up buttocks with fig leaves Ex- and things e- like that. Exactly. So you can take, like, Titanic in and have Kate Winslet's bosoms uh, removed because it offends your delicate eyes. Or remove the water because somebody might drown. <laughs> so uh, Clean Flicks, a business in Orem, my wife's hometown, that, edited, uh, that edits feature films to remove or alter conduct deemed inappropriate for children. This will come as no surprise to anybody, but it's still deeply satisfying. Now the owner of Clean Flicks is accused of a crime by Orrin police far more salacious than any date movie. Daniel Thompson and Isaac Lifferth were arrested in Orrin this week on suspicion of having sex with 14-year-old girls for money. Uh. Uh. Orrin police say the teenagers tried to earn money to move out of their homes and offered sexual favors to the men. According to These are men of God, of course. According to booking documents, the girls asked a 16-year-old friend to put them in touch with anyone who would pay for sex. The 16-year-old sent out text messages to several friends with a solicitation, and the men responded. They traveled to an apartment where they each paid $20 for oral sex with the 14-year-olds. Well done. You're doing the work of Jesus. Good God. So there you go. That's, well, that's wonderful. Let's talk to the new president of their church, uh, Mr. Manson. Or is it Monson? Manson. Uh, Thomas Manson. The Manson, Manson family. <laughs> has been selected as the 18th president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh, he promised to continue the work of those who preceded him in teaching the gospel and promoting cooperation with people all around the world. There will be no abrupt change from the courses we've been pursuing. Although procedures and programs may be adjusted, the doctrine is constant. We will continue the commitment of those who have gone before us in teaching the gospel and promoting cooperation with people throughout the world. This speech, copyright 1972. Sounds like one of those all-you-can-eat salad lunches. <laughs> I was going to say, it sounds like one of those creepy old L. Ron Hubbard tapes uh, that they played from, like, 1951. 
Well, let's go to lunch with the Oscars, shall we? The Oscar nominees gathered in Beverly Hills to celebrate their honors as they gear up for the 80th Annual Academy Awards set to take place February 24th. Uh, Juno's Jason Reitman is up for Best Director, and he says his leading lady, played by first-time Oscar nominee Ellen Page, has the star quality of another actress who started in the business as a very young girl. I'm in love with her, and my wife knows that. She's cool with that. Uh, I had seen Hard Candy. Like anyone who sees that movie, you just go, this girl's incredible. It's like watching Jodie Foster in, in Taxi Driver. You just see her whole career opening up in front of her. We should know, totally by the way, agree. just to remove the awkwardness from this, we should know that she is in real life, I think, 21 or something. Yeah. So she's not Hard actually Candy. 16. Hard Candy is an amazing movie. I didn't really care for Hard Candy, but I thought she was good. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really like the movie. She did a great job, though. She was a the really movie, good movie. It's not something that I'd want to watch over and over again, but it was... Definitely very, creepy. very interesting. Yeah. Hal Holbrook is now 82 years old. Imagine that. This, now he no longer has to put on the makeup to do Mark Twain tonight. Yeah. He is celebrating his nomination and hoping this will be his first win. He is up for Best Supporting Actor for his role in Into the Wild. Great thrill, it's a, especially at this age of your life, you know. I mean, it's something you, you maybe dream about a few times when you're an actor, but you don't really expect it to happen to you. And it was just a lucky break. Sean Penn put me in this role. Sounds like some of the bolts in his mouth have come loose. Maybe can fix them after he wins. Uh, George Clooney, nominated for Best Leading Actor for his role in Michael Clayton, says he hopes the Screen Actors Guild negotiations in June do not produce the same results the writers are experiencing. There's a popular belief by some in the union that negotiating power increases the longer you wait. Uh, I think there's a lot of stri strike fatigue, and I think you actually end up losing some of your uh, negotiating power. So I would hope that, uh, that all of us in this union, in the Screen Actors Guild union, get into the tables very quickly. I don't even know what's going on here. So, what is this? The Screen Actors Guild might be striking later this year? Yeah, because the contracts end in June or July. So, it is, so there, it is possible that there could be this horrible um, coinciding of the Screen Actors Guild strike with the Writers Guild strike? However, I got this out of Variety not too long ago. Uh, they're trying to hammer out the details now. Scenarios are emerging that could, once again they repeat, could... Bring an end to the WGA strike as early as next week, and they hope it does because it's almost time for the Oscars. Insiders strongly emphasize that many aspects remain to be ironed out with the WGA and the producers. The WGA is hoping to have a draft contract to present to the boards of the WGA West and East and the negotiating team by Friday, so we could uh, see that. I, I bet this will end before the Oscars. I would. I mean, because the writers will not cross the picket. Uh, the actors will not cross the picket line. I, many of them. And I can't imagine that. I mean, the studios have got to know that the Oscars are such a huge gravy train for them. Yeah. I mean, the Oscars. I mean, it, it's well known that if you get nominated, or certainly if you win something, that it just spikes the amount of people going to see your movie or renting it. And it, I mean, they. It's because the, it's right now it's hitting the writers in the pocketbook and the studios a little bit. But if the Oscars go down, then the studios are really going to start taking it in the shorts. Uh, let's start to talk about fat people and the prices, right? Hello, sir. Hello. Hi. Uh, yeah. Uh, you made a reference uh, to Samoans being large people. Uh, now hold on. I'm gonna yeah. give you give you a second to think about this. If we really want to start no, speaking, and really just, just, just just take a moment. Add, add, uh, take a second. Now, no, just, now, now, is this something you really feel ought to be discussed? Yeah. You really feel this needs to be brought up? Right. Your observations about Samoans? Right. It's a okay. thing, that, thing that people need to hear about. Yes. They can't live without it. 
they can't live without it because it's a uh, 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 kind of an epic type of thing. And it is this, this going to be the, some? Is this going to be some discussion of the Samoan people as a whole? No. Okay. It started out on the Price is Right, and uh, this large Samoan woman uh, got up on stage. Uh, I'm not fading out, am I? What? Oh, anyway. This, uh, <laughs> this large Samoan uh, lady got up on stage Bob Barker down to the ground. Uh, still there? <laughs> and we're done. All right, bye now. Hey, here's Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. So it's Fat Tuesday, and uh, let's see, the, the head of the New Orleans Metropolitan Convention and Visitors Bureau, whose name is Mary, says the city has recovered. So everybody, uh, come on down and enjoy uh, Fat Tuesday in New Orleans. The downtown area, the warehouse district, the garden district, and uptown New Orleans um, are all back and, and thriving and in some ways never better. So that's fantastic. You know, every day. Where we are still seeing the issues that we still have is out in the neighborhood. Like yeah. dead bodies all over the sidewalk, <laughs> bloated corpses at the entrance to the establishment. But that's New Orleans. <laughs> Ravens and vultures hovering on every branch. <laughs> Yes. Every Tuesday is Fat Tuesday when you're in Portland, though, so I'm just going to stay right here. Absolutely. Here's, here's Tim, disagree. Tim Riley on KCMD Portland. So in case you're just joining us, police cert members have converged at a Motel 6 near a high school in Southeast after receiving reports of an armed man is holed up in the hotel. Uh, let's see here. So the campus is within uh, walking distance of Cleveland High School. That is at Southeast 28th and Southeast Powell. They're not releasing any more details about the man with the gun except to say he is a man with a gun. Once again, this is at Motel 6 at Powell. So, I guess you can't go near there, so what can you do? Well, I got a report here, and I'm, lo I'm sorry, I'm looking at this right here. It says, so did you, what, what did you say the lady, they've converged on it? Yes. Because now somebody has said that the suspect is in custody, but I don't know from where they're getting that. Hmm. Uh, I don't know where they're hearing it. His email says, hey, this, the suspect in, in Southeast is now in custody, but they don't sort of give any providence for it that. It says report. it has ended peacefully. Okay, so we've just received word. It, it has ended peacefully. A man surrendered after this hostage situation at the Motel 6 at Southeast Powell and 31st. They'll uh, change the sheets, and the room will be available within five minutes. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really sick of things ending peacefully. I really wish things would just end in a horrific hail of gunfire and death one of these days. It's been a long time since that's happened. Well, if you're in that area of town, you're begging for it anyway. I mean, well, I mean, really, let's be honest. I mean, we all know that that's I mean, true. Uh, hostages aren't held in the West Hills. <laughs> no, it's true. What was we were during the break? We were talking about this hostage situation at the Motel Six, and I was noting how every time I go by that hotel, you there's, there's blood, or there's sirens, or there's a body bag being taken out. And Tim's rejoinder was, "You know, in my neighborhood, we've been out of uh, we've been out of plastic bags for dog waste at the local park for several days now." It's like, true. That was that was like the big ruckus happening in Tannisborn. This is like in the park had the park had quit stocking their dog bags. Well, I had to uh, write a letter to request some more because I thought my my uh, inquiry was being ignored. <laughs> okay. I hope to see some out there this afternoon. They better get cracking. They don't want to displease you. Um. All right. I'm looking at the. Uh, uh, let's see here. Just none of these calls seem interesting. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. 
Hi, Rick. Is this about um, bacon? Yeah, well, actually, last week you guys were talking about the Applewood bacon. Yes, we were. And how wonderful it was. Uh-huh. And then a caller came and called in, and I just wanted to give a shout-out. T- he said about the wrapping the bacon around the dates and yes. how wonderful it actually is. Uh-huh. Well, I made that for Super Bowl Sunday, and, What could man, be more American? It was absolutely fabulous. It was the best. Absolutely the bottom. Yeah. So I just wanted to give a shout-out to that listener, and he was right on the money. Excellent. Well, we're always glad to help, and I mean this sincerely. We're glad to help in any and all circumstances with exciting bacon recipes. Well, you like bacon, so... I really do. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Bye. So in case you missed it, uh, Mike Huckabee has won the Republican caucus in West Virginia. He gets the ceremonial banjo. <laughs> <laughs> and Hillary Clinton made an important statement this morning in San Francisco. How will you use your husband, Bill Clinton, in the administration? We assume he won't be. You know, this show. I was reading in the paper yesterday, and this is what happens in these long campaigns. You get the. Yes. We know that I won't hold you on here uh, any longer because uh, you probably could use some water there. Senator, thank you. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, all right. Here's uh, looking at these calls just makes me tired for some reason. Why is it more people about Samoa? No, it's just a whole smattering of things that I think we've moved on. Here we go. Obama and Secret Service. Cell phone. Uh, I don't know what the bacon call has been replaced by. Something else. And then the other one still says large people and the price is right. And more Samoan calls. Really. Richie, I think we're going to, I don't think I'm going to take Samoa of those. I think we're going to. Oh, no. <laughs> Come on. Come on. We want some mores. No, that's not the. Barack Obama. All right, let's just do, here's Tim Riley with more news. We haven't done enough news. The Foo Fighters have their orchestra lined up for their performance of the Pretender at the Grammy Awards. But the decision is now down to three of who will get the featured solo during the set. I don't understand anything in this story. The Foo Fighters had their orchestra lined up for their performance of the Pretender of the Grammys. But the decision is now down to three of who will get a featured solo during the set. All right, now let's stop. Who knows what this story is discussing (laughs) or what it's about? (laughs) The Foo Fighters. I know. (laughs) Their orchestra. Are you buffering? (laughs) Tim Riley, buffering 68%. I just don't understand what the story is that we're trying to convey here. Who is getting their chance at what solo with... I don't understand what. Well, the kids must know about this. Do they? Well, then... Should I continue? Maybe if you put all these elements together, perhaps it'll form a story. Why why don't you muscle through it? Violinist Anne-Marie Calhoun from Virginia, violinist Brian Fitzgerald out of Pennsylvania, and cellist Tara Klein from Ohio are the three remaining musicians vying for the My Grammy Moment spotlight with the band. They're competing to perform with the Foo Fighters as part of this orchestra on the Grammy show. Right. All right. So uh, the Foo Fighters will be on this program, the 50th Annual Grammy Awards, Sunday, February 10th. At 8. Everybody be sure to watch. On CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Now, there was another story I had here, if I can find it, regarding Michael Jackson. Did you see the thing about this guy, this paralysis victim whose feet were eaten by his dog? No. Who wants to hear it? No. No. This is from Kentucky. Kentucky Kentucky.com. I don't think he's listening. 
A paralyzed Lexington man was rushed to the hospital Tuesday after he woke up to find his dog had chewed off his toes. No, I knew you were going to do that. Because I don't want to hear it. No, no, no. I don't want to hear him. He didn't know that his dog was chewing no, off his was, toes. That's a horrible story. Okay, but it's all worth He's it. He's very inattentive. Can I just, can I just, by the way, the animal was, the animal was in great health, was well fed. They have no motivation for the toe eating. And healthy teeth and gums. Okay, but I do, I do have, it's worth it for this one sentence. This is the, um, Tim Cantrell, who said he is a friend of the victim, said he saw the blood on the bed Tuesday morning. Here's the quote of the day from Kentucky. I looked close and saw his toes were no longer on his feet. So there you go. Here's Tim Riley. Oh, my goodness. Well, I guess let's make this a Britney watch. This is kind of interesting. All right, here's your Britney watch. Does it feel like there's a lot of news coming down the pipeline today, like... Like we're on the, you know what I feel like today? I feel like we're Lucy in that episode where she's at the chocolate factory and she's trying to like wrap the chocolates as they come down. That's oh. what I feel like us today. Eventually we're, we're stuffing in... chocolates in our brassieres. No, 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 we're stuffing news in our mouth. Yes, Tim. Yes. You having trouble speaking? I'm fine. Okay. Someday this. I'm just at a loss for words from this program. A restraining order aimed at Britney Spears. Sometimes manager Sam Lefty alleges he took over her life and finances, drugged her. And control the paparazzi who pursued her for months. Drugged her. Drugged yeah. her. That's uh, the latest charge. This is like a whole Howard K. Stern sort of thing. Mm -hmm. then. The order, based on a lengthy declaration from Spears' mother, Lynn, says that Spears met Lefty in October 2007. And Mr. Lefty has essentially moved into Britney's house and has purported to take control of her life, home, and finances. The document released by the court ordered him to stay away from her and stop harassing. In the uh, statement of the order that details their previous harassment, Lynn Spears said Mr. Lefty drugged Britney. He has cut Britney's home phone lines and has removed her cell phone chargers. He yells at her. He claims control of everything. Britney's business manager, her attorneys, and the security guards at the gate. So, uh... What is he, does he say what he's drugging her with? I'm looking here. Uh, so they're claiming he drugged her, cut the phone, who even knew that she had phone lines, mm -hmm. uh, and then took away her cell phone charger. Mm -hmm. That's pretty creepy. Who is saying this? Is it her family saying this? Her mom. I'm not saying that he doesn't seem sleazy, because he certainly does, but doesn't this, doesn't this sound... Like, cut the phone line just doesn't sounds sound a little, little far-fetched. Doesn't it sound a little over the top, though? It reminds me of an old film noir, Det uh, Detour. You remember that? Yeah, movie? yeah. When he cut Vera's... Well, he cut through his phone line, and then he strangled her with it, and he opened yeah. the door, and she was dead in bed. Uh, That's going to happen next. Or like that movie, Gaslight. Mm -hmm. they, Tell me you saw the lights dim just now. Um, but the, the cutting the phone lines in 2008 sounds a little bit melodramatic, as though the Spears family is... I can see is, them black and white. Yeah, totally. The, uh, the, 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 but it almost sounds like the family is doing everything, like trying to paint him as, as badly as they possibly can, just to like get him out of the picture. All right. Well, in any then case. he served her a dead crow on a silver platter, <laughs> and she sat in a wheelchair. But you are, Brittany. You are. <laughs> no, I'm just picturing Brittany Spears with writing a letter to Daddy. His address is heaven above. Mm -hmm. 
That's wonderful. Like a whatever happened to Brittany Jane kind of a thing. All right, I'm calling dibs on that right now. Whatever happened to Brittany Jane. Um, okay, so is there anything else? I'm looking here. Uh, she's still in the nut house. Yes. Is there she's any there for 14 days? Have we heard any reports about whether she's gone crazy demanding to get out? I've read very reports, but I haven't seen any in the past few days. All right. It's weird that there has been... By the way, I would like to note that I still have received no breaking news uh, via email from TMZ, even though I've asked. I just got mine right now. TMZ just Always this? Recently. Oh, listen to this. Good find, Timmer. I've written a letter to Daddy. That's so creepy. His address is heaven above. <laughs> I've written to Daddy. So creepy. Instead of a stamp, I put kisses. The postman says that's best to do. This is... Whatever happened to Baby Jane is like a Sunset Boulevard in hell. Yeah. I mean, it's like some... Have you ever seen Whatever Happened to Baby Jane? No. Oh, you gotta oh, watch you gotta that. Oh, you gotta see that. Oh, it's, it's great. It's really wonderful. Wonderful. Excellent. Fantastic. All right, so Brittany's in the nut house, and uh, the lawyer, they're claiming now the lawyer drugged her. Cut the phone lines. It doesn't really seem like it would be necessary to drug Britney Spears, though. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it seems like she's a turkey who bastes herself in that regard. I can't imagine there's a lot of additional work needed there. So, uh, fantastic. There's your Britney watch so far for a Tuesday. Excellent. There's uh, Nickel Arcade. Wonderful. All right, the calls are now about space. This sounds like the calls sound like Jeopardy categories today. Space, the Secret Service, Chris Kattan. I saw Chris Kattan in the Super Bowl commercial. Really? Mm -hmm. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. How's it going? Hey, what's up? Um, well, you guys keep uh, playing the stain. Yeah. And um, I'm. I, just a big old blast from the past. Do you guys remember that uh, SNL skit back in the day? It was a recurring skit where Chris Kattan, uh, for lack of a better term, was Mr. Unintelligible. No, I do have to tell you that I quit watching SNL in, like, 95. Uh, this would have been around that time. Yeah, no, I must have just missed it then, no. Ah, uh, well, anyway, I've been trying to YouTube it, can't find any of it, but uh, that's uh, every time you guys play that, it just makes me think of... Uh, Mr. Unintelligible, and I remember back in the days we would have parties. Everybody was just kind of in the living room drinking copious amounts of alcohol and uh, watching the skit, and you have a whole room full of drunk people talking like the stain. Which... It's, it's, it's funny that it is interesting to think about how much mileage SNL has wrung out of a premise of Mr. Blank. I mean, they've done Mr. Short Attention Span, they did Mr. Subliminal, yep. they did Mr. Unintelligible, they did uh, Doug and Wendy Weiner, who are basically Mr. and Mrs. Weiner. So, uh, all right, well, now I have to go look it up. Thank you, sir. All right, thank you. Bye-bye right, now. All right, here's Tim Riley. So you can visit with the stain on my webpage. I already put it Visit up. with the stain. He enjoys company. <laughs> Stop by and say hello to the stain now, won't you? Uh, let's get this call about space, the final frontier. Hello, hi. Hello, 
Chris Catan. Is this like some performance art? <laughs> like is that Yoko Ono? <laughs> that is funny. And we're done. All right. You know, that was just sort of like a, that was like some weird beatnik East Greenwich village art or something where it's, where a guy would like have a power saw, you know, and he'd stop and go, Vietnam. All right. Uh, now so what I, was the name of the Chris Kattan character? Mr. Uh, unintelligible. I am now uh, urging someone to find a Yoko Ono song and to then insert the talking stain into the song. You know what you have to do. That's the challenge. It really, it's, it's really obvious now that you mention it. Like her, like that walking on the walking on thin ice or whatever that song of hers was. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley. Let's see here. So I think uh, let's see here if I have more in that Britney story here. Well, let's get this Britney call in the meantime. Hello, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hi. Hey, Rick. Hey. Uh, I think that uh, what uh, Ted Kennedy was talking about as far as getting uh, what we do for uh, Barack that we did for RFK and JFK is getting him involved with Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> you know, I would like, I'd like for you to do what you did for my brothers. Yeah. I would like for them to get syphilis from a Hollywood actress. There you go. If not Marilyn Monroe, then how about Britney Spears? Or maybe Christina Aguilera. We'll just put them in a box and have them dropped off at the oil office. Uh, Madonna. Yeah. All right. Uh, Thank you. Bye now. So I have more from the court documents. Okay. Filed by Lynn Spears. Uh, Sam had told Brittany that she was an unfit mother, a piece of trash and a whore. And she cares more about Adnan, her current boyfriend, than she cares about her kids. Who called who a whore? Uh, let's see here. Sam. Sam called Brittany's Lovey. mom a whore. No, Sam told Brittany she was an unfit mother, a piece of trash, and a whore. Well, those are all true. That's just a fact. She cares more about Adnan, her current boyfriend, than she cares about her kids. She also does not true. deserve the kids. Also true. The document claims Sam said Adnan is gay. Brittany came into the room looking for Adnan. Brittany then asked me, is Adnan gay? At one point, Brittany picked up a bottle of pills and read part of the label and asked us, what does insomnia mean? Sam told her that the pills will help her stay awake, Lynn continues. Sam told Jackie and me that he grinds down Britney's pills, which were on the counter, and included uh, an antipsychotic drug for schizophrenia and bipolarity, and another drug. The doc continues, he told us that the doctor who is treating her now is trying to get her into a sleep-induced coma so they can give her drugs and heal her brain. According to the docs, <laughs> Sam then encouraged Britt to do tequila shots. The document then claims, Sam said, let's all do toasts with wine. Britt refuses to drink. Lynn claims before leaving the drugstore that night, Sam gave her drugs upstairs to make her more lightheaded, happy, and fun. Uh, during a dispute that night, <laughs> I guess that was unfortunate. <laughs> you said it with, just, with such conviction. Seriously, we had to bleep something that Tim just said because he was, I understand you're reading live court documents as they yeah. come out. Mm -hmm. Something about uh, urinating on Britney's on Britney's grave. Uh, Britney. Not that Tim wants to. No, no. not that no. Tim is going to do that. No. <laughs> I mean, if I go down to Southern California, I'd like to have a little more fun than that. The doc uh, claims that Brit changed her three dogs' clothes many times in an agitated state. Brit said, can I see another psychiatrist so I can see my baby? Sam responded, I told you to take ten pills a day. You should do what I tell you to see your babies. <laughs> I don't care if any of this is true. I just At love it. At one point, Brittany allegedly said, I want my daddy up here. I want to talk to my daddy. Unquote. That was creepy. Mm. Ah, wonderful. Excellent. Okay. There you go. 
Uh, let's see here. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. I can't believe you said that I can't out believe loud. I said that. It, it, it happens when somebody puts something in front of me to read, and I... You are sort of burgundy-esque in that way. Mm -hmm. Sort of a, I don't know, Ron will read whatever you put in front of him. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello? 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 That's why we was like, stop! Stop! You're spraying the baby! Yes? Hello? Hi. Speak. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Rick? Yes. Hi. Hi. Here we are again oh, yeah. at the beginning okay. of the call. Yes, hello. Hi, everybody. Anyway, hello. I was wondering if you would play the uh, talking stain backwards or at a slower uh, pace just to see if it says something. I'm glad you said that because we've got both of those things. We've got it forward, backward, <laughs> and then backward slowed down. Oh, so you did. We'll be doing that here in Except a few minutes. sideways. Yes. Okay, we'll great. That. All right, thank Look you. Look forward to hearing it. Bye. Thank you. All right. You know, here's why this show is great, and I'm not trying to say like about the, the glory of us, but really, where else are people going to go for this? There is no other outlet uh, for things like the this. The talking stain? No, really. I mean, was, you called jackass Lars about it. I mean, Lars, can you play the talking stain backward? I mean, really, honestly, I, we we really are the sole refuge for or the Larry King Show. Tonight, we talk about... <gasps> we oh, my God. Did you see Larry King interviewing Snoop Dogg? No. Did you see no. him trying to rap? Oh my God! Okay, I got. Tonight we talked to the the talking stain. <laughs> uh, tell me, Mr. Stain. So, Mr. Stain, um, what was your childhood like in Brooklyn? <laughs> Did you ever go to Sam's Lotkeys? <laughs> and then the stain would just answer back with a bunch of gibberish. Mr. Stain, are you Jewish? <laughs> Am I detecting a little Long Island in your accent, Stain? <laughs> Hold on. I got this thing of Larry King trying to rap with Snoop Dogg. I can't believe that, that phrase is even leaving my mouth. Uh, let's see What's the dialogue of one of those blue index cards oh, you usually have? Oh, God, it's so bad. Let me see here. Um, I do believe that they rap to a Frank Sinatra song. Let me see if I can... Hold on here. So this is Snoop Dogg on the Larry King show. Which is just like so many layers of weird. I mean, the, the Snoop Dogg has somehow become like America's mascot. Like, he's become America's pal. Um, which is fine. It's just sort of odd. Um, but the idea of Larry King interviewing Snoop Dogg is just... That is almost... Larry King talking to Snoop Dogg for an hour is almost like a parody of what we always say Larry King is. Like, that's sort of a thing that we would come up with in a skit or like in a sketch to be sort of zany. And yet, there it was, like, actually happening. Now I'm just picturing Larry sitting across the table from an amorphous stain. <laughs> Are you of the Flushing Heights stains? Let's see here. Let's see if I've got this Larry King rapping thing. I can't believe I didn't play this the other day. What do you make emotionally as a black man about the Obama-Clinton race? Um, to me, I feel like they both are great candidates because they both have strong situations to support. Let's see, this is I'm talking about the... <laughs> Snoop, are you still basically a gangster? Right? That's the figure. <laughs> oh, <geez>. <laughs> oh, i got to go back and hear that again. That is so wonderful. Larry, Larry King, who knows from gangsters. Uh, I'm not down with the Republican <clears throat> Party or the Democratic Party. I represent the Gangster Party. The Gangster Party? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I used <laughs> Snoop. 
Are you still basically a gangster at That's a figure of speech. Right? <laughs> you know, I like using that word. Was it G-A-N-G-S-T-E-R or G-A-N-G-S-T-A? <laughs> Say it, Larry. Say it like gangsta. you mean it. Say it like you mean it, Larry. <laughs> gangsta. Yes. Don't you personally, though, have some, a tie to Barack Obama? I do. I do, because I am a black man in America, yeah. and I, I know that he, he relates to everything that I'm going through, but, you know, politically see, I think correct, it's at the end here. I just want to see somebody win that's in the best interest of America, whether it be him. I hope this is the right sound, but I pulled. I had like four of them. Either one, to me, is a, is a great move for America because we need change. We need somebody in there that's going to be about... Like, By the way, this is another one of those interviews where you can see that in his head, Larry King is not even there. Like, Larry mm -hmm. King, in his head, is like over in the lanes, tossing one back with, uh, you know, with Morley Safer or somebody. Let's see. Listening to the people and representing the people, and I feel like both of those candidates... Are you still a gangster at heart? Really ready for a black president? You see prejudice all the time. This might not be the right I one. I think America is ready for a black president by him winning, you know, like he's winning so far, and even competing to be in the. Mm. In the, in the no, no, I'll have to find it somewhere else. This is this had, is not the rapping like clip. I'm afraid. It was a gimmick. It was like a joke because nobody really believed. And he's. Nah. Okay, I have to find it. I have I have a I have a secondary clip somewhere. Oh, also from our rapper's notebook, the influential rapper Pimp C has died of an accidental OD. There was a combination of drugs he named in his lyrics, codeine and promethazine. What is promethazine? I don't know. Pimp C, they're, oh, they're ingredients in, in what the uh, rappers call syrup. Uh, that's a... Uh, narcotic of choice. Cough syrup. It's codeine, I believe. All right. I think they, uh, as in the, uh, as in to be, uh, to they, be, to be sipping on some syrup. Did oh. they ever figure out Keith Ledger's cause of death? No. Not yet? Uh, let's see. I don't think anybody's asking. Um, okay, is this the Larry King? Is this where Larry King is rapping? I can't believe that I'm actually asking. <laughs> I can't believe that I'm asking that phrase. Is this the clip where Larry King is rapping? Um, Order right. the CD now. Fresh <laughs> delivery available. <laughs> is him flanked by Steve Lawrence and Edie Gourmet? <laughs> All of them be decked in their finest gold rope and warm up. Probably suits. a papoon. <laughs> uh, all right, let's see here. Is this... No, that's not it. All right, I'll find it during the break. Here's Tim Riley. Oh, yeah. Let's do a. Uh, well, let's do this first. Uh, talk about an oversized load. A four-year-old boy got stuck when he climbed into his family's top-loading washing machine and fire I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Is this is this is this more jamming news into our mouths? No, it isn't. <laughs> Rescuers free a boy stuck in a washer. Talk about an oversized load. A four-year-old boy got stuck when he climbed into his family's top-loading washing machine. Top-loading. Fighters had to use a metal cutter to get him out. Uh, Donovan Hassman uh, wasn't hurt. He was wedged up against the agitator with a knee folded up against his chest. Luckily, the machine was empty. Uh, firefighters responded to a 911 call from the boy's mother. I'd love to find the tape of this. She tried to wiggle him out, but she couldn't move. The owner of an appliance store was then called for advice on how to take the washer apart. Uh -huh. The fire department wound up using a hydraulic Jaws of Life tool normally used to uh, remove accident victims. The child cried, uh, cried and screamed at times, but he was calm once he was freed. A hospital uh, looked him over and released him, and they gave him a stuffed bear, which the family is named Agitator. <laughs> Top loading. Uh, top loader seats, versatile bottom. Um, here's uh, here's Tim Riley. Tapper snuff watch. Jesus, here's your snuff watch.
actor Barry Morris, who played the detective who pursued the wrongly accused Dr. Richard Kimball in the 19 series TV series The Fugitive, has died in London. Oh, he was really? 89. Yeah, he was old. Oh, it was a great series. He was hired by Quinn Martin in 1963 to uh, play Quinn Martin production. Lieutenant Philip Gerard on The Fugitive. It uh, had 120 episodes over four seasons. The Fugitive really was a great show. Mm-hmm. It really was. So, um, yeah, he's gone. Now we have this other one, uh, which has a local angle to it. General Hospital actress Kepler is dead. Her name was Shell Kepler, who for many years played the gossipy nurse Amy Vining in the TV soap opera General Hospital. She was 49. She died at OHSU which uh, does not give the cause of her death. Kepler's uh, busy bunny character on General Hospital was a fan favorite. And uh, in the Journal Long Run, 1979-2002. It's weird, we were just talking about uh, soap operas, I think, yesterday, or, or what is today, Tuesday or what today's? Today is Tuesday. It's Tuesday, it's Super Tuesday. Um, we were just talking about um, soap operas, I think, yesterday, and about whether or not anybody still watches them. And so it's weird, and I had no idea... Uh, that she still lived, uh, or that she she lived here. I mean, I never even heard of her until today. Yeah. I mean, it's it it is one of those things where it's interesting that uh, people who are famous and Tim, you probably know more about this than I because you know of your your work in the acting industry. The people who are famous on soap operas, it's amazing that you can be really really famous in that world and then like completely known, uh, completely unknown anywhere else. Yet it's steady employment. Some of these people have these roles for like 10, 15, 20 years. Oh, absolutely. I mean, no, it's nothing to sneeze at. I mean, clearly, if you can get a gig, you know what? Getting a gig on a soap opera, I think, is like getting a gig on like Star Trek or some sci-fi series where it's like you can just ride that gravy train until you die. Um, But you'll get people who are really, really well known there. But, you know, they're all like the Danny Gans of the acting world. Mm -hmm. Where you go to Vegas, Danny Gans, huge billboards. For, no one else in the rest of the country knows who the F Danny Gans is. But you go to Vegas, greatest entertainer in history of world. Danny Gans and his huge freakish chiclet teeth up on the billboard. You leave Las Vegas, no one ever. Sarah, Danny Gans? Nope. Yeah, you go to Danny Gans, can't get away from him. He's, you go to Vegas, he's everywhere. He's omnipresent. So apparently this actress uh, also had uh, a 1982 Jones Collin film, Homework. A couple of episodes of Three's Company also. On the side, she was a businesswoman marketing clothing on the former home shopping club. And she moved to uh, Portland after her TV uh, career and became involved in charity fundraising. So she was uh, 49. So there you go. Soap opera actress. Dead. Shell Kepler. There you go. Kepler. Dead. This is really frustrating because I found this Larry King rapping clip, but I can't get it to play oh. on my computer. So are you, can Why don't you, you send it to me? Is yeah, it just on the YouTube? Uh, no, it's on. I found it on the TMZ. Um, yeah, I found it on TMZ. I have it upstairs somewhere, but I found it on TMZ and also on some other blog, but I can't get it to it. And I think it's just a function of my computer being made out of fail and ass. So, uh, all right, here's uh, Tim Riley. Yeah, mine won't let me play the good stuff either. No, it, it's like the computer has some filter where it recognizes things that I really, really want to play, mm-hmm. and then it just it just decides to lock up and not make those functions. Do you have it? I think so. Give me just a second. All right. I think I might, it might be the same clip that you got. All right. This is, uh, it says Larry King Rap Star. That's the name of the TMZ clip. Because I think there's more than one. There's one where he's just interviewing him. But we're looking for the one where he's actually rapping. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, so a Broward County uh, police officer said a grandma has been arrested for hiding cocaine in her bra during a drug raid. Eight others have been arrested. Uh, 62-year-old Corinne Daisy uh, was with many of her grandchildren 
She posted a $7,000 bail. Deputies connected a search warrant on a house and found Daisy with powdered cocaine stuffed in her brassiere. They also found 20, uh, 20 crack cocaine rocks, four games of powdered cocaine, marijuana, and $1,000 in cash. Uh, let's. Oh, she was trying to sell cocaine within 1,000 feet of the church, which uh, didn't go over very oh, well. Part of their drug-free zone. Mm-hmm. An Ottawa couple is $100,000 better off after a complete stranger gave them a blank check in a cafe. He told them, write any amount you like. I'm good for it. The couple took him at his word to the tune of $100,000, but they couldn't believe their luck when the check cleared. The couple met their elderly benefactor at Dr. Slobby's Cafe in Pella, Iowa. Slobby's Cafe? They first asked if uh, they had any kids. They told them they had a two-year-old. Then he gave his conditions. They were to use the cash to buy a house, never reveal his identity nor his full name, and they have to name the next child after him. At least in Barry, thought it was probably a joke, but decided to play along and filled in the amount, $100,000. We decided to give it a whirl the next day, never thinking he was serious, but he was. The mysterious man also left the waitress a $100 tip. He was a nice guy. You never know who's sitting next to you. It can make a difference in somebody's life. It could happen to you, but it won't. Let's do one more. We'll take a break. We'll come back with Larry King and with the stain sounder, a slow down and reversed. Mary had a little lamb, but also a house. Now that house has been burned to the ground and two men are accused of arson. They're scheduled to be arraigned in Massachusetts today for the August 5th fire that destroyed a vacant house in the town of Sterling, where Mary Elizabeth Sawyer was born in 1806 and wrote, Mary had a little lamb. The poem was published in 1830 about a young Sawyer bringing her lamb to school with her. The suspect is also charged with setting a series of fires in central and western Massachusetts. They've been held without bail since August. Well, okay, there you go. Uh, Let's break here. We'll come back, and on the other side, we'll try to get this Larry King thing. Uh, We'll have the stain sound. And then within the next 15 minutes, we will give away uh, a pair of tickets to see Rush. The Amphitheater Clark County tickets go on sale uh, Saturday, February 9th at uh, 10 a.m. Through all Ticketmaster outlets, Ticketmaster.com or LiveNation.com. Uh, we, however, will let you beat the box office. Uh, that's sometime in the next 15 minutes. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. This uh, TMZ screwing us here. We're trying to play the uh, this, we're trying to play the Larry King rapping sound. It's not working up. It's loading the little swirly things. Uh... It's almost time to give up. Who's <laughs> that? Is really the story of our life and our show. Really, it's, I think it's almost time to throw in the towel. You know, the frustrating part wasn't this just playing a second ago. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's been playing over well, and you, over again. Well, well, let's take a call uh, while we uh, while we wait for this. Um, caller wants to. I'm looking at the screen here. We have uh, somebody whose mother is on the soap opera. We have a caller who oh, wants to. Cool. We have a caller who wants to quote educate us on something. Oh, oh wait, do we go? Well, let's yeah. do a Sinatra. You like Sinatra? I like Sinatra. I, do, I love it. Can we do Sinatra rap? Why not? How do you do? What song can we do in rap? Um, let's do uh, Start spreading the news. I'm leaving today. All right, now that's not rap. <laughs> but you can make it rap, okay, right? Start spreading the start spreading the news. <laughs> I'm leaving today. Yeah. Come on. I want to be a part of it. Come on. New York. <laughs> Yelling at Snoop. Come on. I want to wake up in a city that never sleeps. Come on. Wait on you. Larry, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm following your lead. I'm your background. This is Larry King's show. You're, you're hanging me out to dry. <laughs> <laughs> Give it to the Jew every time. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God.
You know, Larry King can still deliver now and again. Just when he thinks he's useless. <laughs> I'm sorry, let me just snort like right in the microphone like that. Oh man. Alright. Well, it's it's only fitting, actually, now that we've just heard Larry King rapping. Let's welcome our good friend the Low to the Rick Emerson show. Hello, sir. For all <laughs> all the days I have to call, it's the day, you know, I call on the day when Larry King decides to rap. That uh, really is really is pretty. You missed him earlier. Uh, there was a great segment earlier in that uh, Snoop Dogg interview where he said, Snoop, at heart, are you still a gangster? So oh, it's, uh, my God. Yeah, you'll get, to, you'll get to hear that later on the podcast, my friend. What's up? Oh, man. Well... I just called to let you know that it's all my fault that there was no no milk challenge to be had for you guys, but it it, it was done. Now this is now this is uh, your coworker who uh, started by eating a tablespoon of cinnamon, then I think what moved on to eating uh, what was oh he ate a, tea, a teaspoon of chili powder. Yeah, he graduated to chili powder. And then the thing was he was going to drink like a gallon of room temperature milk. Yeah, and that was that was one long hour of recording, and <laughs> there needs to be extensive editing. However, he was unable to do the, he he's lactose intolerant and and was thus unable to uh consume <laughs> consume the milk. Now, have you come up with then a substitute uh. challenge for him to consume, like maybe a quart of vinegar? Well, today we are planning to have him uh swallow a spoonful of king cobra hot sauce. Really? Which comes in a bottle shaped like a cobra. Okay. Now, is this like an habanero sauce, or is it? Uh, you know what it's made of? Yes, it is an habanero sauce, and I believe I have the description on the bottle. It comes in a little tag that says a killer combination of cayenne, Asian, and habanero chilies, vinegar, right. onion, garlic, oil. So this is going to be a teaspoon of this. Uh, yeah, I believe so. Right. I put it this way: I've made giant uh, cauldrons of stew and have almost ruined them with a single drop. Fantastic, wonderful. Okay, so, oh, and I just got this video you sent. Have you hilarious. watched that? That yeah. is the most. That is the funniest thing. All right, so we so we'll uh, so when is this going to be transpiring? When is he going to be consuming this? Is this today? Actually, he's on his way back from lunch, and when he gets here, we will be. Uh, Shoving the hot sauce down his gullet. Excellent, fantastic! I can't wait to see the video evidence of it. Excellent, right. and I, I will be. I'll also be sending you the the music video for Chronic Masturbation. Okay then, thanks so much. <laughs> Later. There he goes, friend of low. Mm -hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, please give your attention to Tim Riley. Um, then this is your... And now, the computers are all turning against us today. Truth. This oh, show has gone wacky on me. I think the same might be behind this. <laughs> really, as soon as we started playing that that stain thing earlier today, mm -hmm. the whole show just started going off the rails. Jesus. So uh, here we go. The uh, Vatican is reporting a further dramatic fall in the number of Roman Catholic monks and nuns nationwide. It's hard to believe. The only published statistics show that the number of men and women belonging to re uh, religious orders fell by 10% to just under a million. I know this is like one of those, if I'm standing at the South Pole, what direction, you know, is everything north? So the number of monks and nuns. Yeah. I don't know, and I'm a Catholic or was a Catholic, I don't know the difference between a monk and a priest. Oh, a monk doesn't have that much to do. <laughs> so they're, they're sort of a uh, a monk, uh, an idling priest. Don't they make wine and chocolate or something? Walk around and hit themselves in the head with boards. I believe so. I don't really know the answer to that. I mean, is, is, I guess that's part of the problem. Is a monk that no one can come up with a job description. Mm -hmm. um, 
So there's, okay, there are priests in the Catholic religion. Right? There, yes. there are priests, mm-hmm. nuns, monks. Mm-hmm. Now, is a monk the same thing as a brother? I, w- I would imagine they're similar. Because there's like Jesuits. Mm-hmm. Now, they're brothers. But are they not priests, though, are they? No, they're not. Brothers are not priests. Okay. But there's monks and priests and deacons. Deacons are like priests in training. Yeah. But I don't know what a monk is and how he differs from a priest. Sarah, monk, priest, anything? Nothing. Okay, you got nothing. All right. Well, we'll find out at some point. Somebody will call and somebody will call and educate slash bore us with a long answer. All right. Uh, this is uh, someone who wants to educate us. Hello, sir. Yeah. Uh, monks and priests. Uh, the difference is uh, monks don't molest. Hello. Don't molest what? Boys. What did what was your why were you calling? Well, there, I just didn't like the feel of you guys talking, uh, you know, Wait, hold playing on. that funny sound over the guy's voice. It was kind of rude. I'm. So, what do you mean? Yeah, you talking and the stuff with the blurring and and you couldn't hear. What? He said that the thing. It's really rude. You guys are really. What? And their beliefs. And you probably shouldn't be so rude with people if they want to talk their, you know, their church says one thing and you're. What? You're being rude to people. And they're trying to talk their beliefs and speaking their loud. Are you being sarcastic? No. Stoned. Are you, are you stoned? No. no, I don't do that kind of thing. Do you have a sense of humor? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> well, at least he's honest about that. All right. How will you use your husband, Bill Clinton, in the administration? We assume he won't be. You know, this uh, I was reading right. in the paper. Sir, how can... Seriously, though. What? Yesterday, and this is what happens in these long campaigns. You get the. Yes. We know that I won't hold you on here. Okay, well, uh, now, what was what was your actual point? Jesus. Water, you probably could use some water there. Senator, thank you. Don't be respectful. I'm sorry. Jesus says what? Jesus uh, no. says that he came. Moses came down from the. Hill, and he, he had the tablets with the stuff. All right, let's stop here. First of all, on a scale of 1 to You're 10... You're talking about Moses? No, I'm trying to figure out, first of all, on a scale of 1 to 10, and please be honest about this, how serious are you about being annoyed at something, and how much of this is your attempt at rye, Stephen Wright-esque 50, humor? 50. I'm sorry? 50-50. Yes, because I knew that there was some attempted comedy in this somewhere. Are you, is this, are you attempting to do rye, ironic humor? You... From my... Jesus... What about Jesus? Came down from the mountains. New York, guys. No, we. What's <laughs> You have to stop because I'm going to lose composure. All right, <clears throat> we're going to take. We're going to give you one more try here because either, here, there's one of two things that's happening here. Either a, you are really trying to make it a point about something in the way we conduct the program, in which case. Uh, okay, that was funny. My advice to you would be to end now on I, that on that uptick, or, or you can keep talking. Thank you very much. Yeah, okay. Hang up. I don't even know where, the, where that was coming from. It, I that think was the Moses a... bit was pretty real, though. I think but was... we weren't talking about Moses. And Jesus came down from the mountains? 
I don't know. I think he was trying. It's open mic night at I, Gresham Holiday Inn. Exactly. That's exactly what I said. No, and I really was trying to get him to talk because I think, again, he was trying to do some sort of deadpan, quote, comedy. I mean, it wasn't really working, but I think that's what he was trying to do. Oh. All right. Hold on. Let's. Does somebody feel like there's some crazy in the air today? And I don't think it's just us in the stain business. There's some sort of wacky in the air. Jesus, and it's almost 2 o'clock, and I have wasted three hours of CBS's time and money today. Um, hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. We'll do more news here in a second, then the stain, then the top five, then rush tickets. Jesus, I haven't even done one pair of rush tickets today. God, I suck. Hello, hi, who is this? Helen. Hi, Helen, how are you today? Fine, thanks. How can I help you? Well, I want to say two things. One thing is, um, do you remember the girl down in California who drank a huge amount of water and then she died? I think yes. that you need to be a little careful about these people kind of killing themselves. I mean, it's not healthy. It was bad enough, what, all of us. What people, who, who's killing well, themselves? Remember there was a girl on, they had a contest. This is the girl that Entercom killed. Well, maybe so. Entercom Radio. Yes. yes. Killed one of their listeners. So do you have a responsibility if you encourage this person? What person? To... Oh, in Vegas. Well, first of all, no, we No, no, are... no. The one, the one here who was drinking the warm milk and then No, going... no, no. He's in Las Vegas. Oh, man. he is. Yes. Oh. Uh, first of all, no, no, no. That is, that is not part of a CBS uh, no, contest know. or if it will... Hear me out. That is not, but we, because we did address this many weeks ago, oh. uh, that is not part of a CBS content or event. He is receiving nothing in exchange. And in fact... They did, just so we can clarify this, he did make this very clear early on that they actually have been doing these challenges for a while anyway oh. and are simply calling to give us the updates. Uh, these challenges happened before we started talking about them and do, in fact, like the milk challenge, we didn't even know about until after it had already taken place. He simply calls to give us updates on what he and his office mates spend their time doing. We, of course, are not directly encouraging this just as journalists. Uh, we are simply uh, allowing people to call the program and let us know uh -huh. what might be happening in various far-flung locales, including Las Vegas. Yeah, but aren't we, you know, isn't, does that America have to really focus on putting more things in their mouth no matter what it is? Don't you think that it's like a really kind of, that we should think of, well, how how uh, many exercise? How much exercise did somebody do? I mean, something more positive. Are you suggesting that instead of focusing on, as you put it, putting so many things in our mouths, yeah. we should be putting things elsewhere? Well, that would be better than putting it in the mouth. I mean, the food in the mouth. I mean, I don't know. Anyway, so I'm going to tell you one other thing. Yes. I have a donkey, and it's a miniature donkey. Donkeys and people have donkeys. They need to be uh, have shelter because really they're desert animals. And they're very good at thinking. They're not stubborn, but they think a lot before they do something. How big is your donkey? It's uh, a miniature. Well, it's not too big, and it and it uh, and it's adorable. And uh, what's your donkey's name? Oh, I hate to tell you because we got it from somebody. His name is Tonto. <laughs> I mean, really, we didn't name it. And then he came with uh, Missy, uh, the goat. Is a is a um, she's a pygmy goat, and uh, they're like a married couple. And they're then they animals like uh -huh. a goat and a donkey. They like companionship. As as do we all, Missy. Yeah, that's right. And no. uh, they have to. The donkey <clears throat> has to have its uh, feet trimmed about every eight weeks. And uh, so there's a lot of, when people think about having an animal, there's a lot of responsibility. Cause, well, one like, doesn't really think about that when you have a donkey or, uh, or an ass, as some people call it. One doesn't really uh, 
you know, I think a lot of people just get these things impulsively, and yeah. they don't they don't think of the follow through, do they? No, and you know what? I no. just thought it was what? so wonderful how when it, you didn't have any oil that you were so careful about your dog. You love animals, and yes. that's really good. And I think all of us, you know, your whole group likes animals, and that's, yes. that's a great thing. Well, I'm sorry that we've bothered you by encouraging people to shove various things into their mouths. How far is the donkey from the phone? <laughs> is the donkey near the phone? No. No, but, you know, they make the most wonderful sound. Do you Do know <laughs> could you Could you perhaps... Uh, Without disturbing the donkey. Yeah, could I mean, yes. Could, is there a way that you could persuade the donkey to make a noise for us? Well, you know, uh, no, because in it's kind of winter, and so he doesn't. He's not really talking so much. But when spring comes, he um, makes his a sound when he sees you. And Does he, would Missy the goat be able to coax him into making a sound? No, but maybe if you what if you what if you offered him some sort of a treat or a snack? What oh if you, no, 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 because it's just the idea of greeting. But I will tell you one little silly. Story. Can I just you? Can I tell you this? You have a you have a wonderful speaking voice. Oh, thank you. Your voice is very pleasant. It's like uh, talcum powder. Oh, uh, all right, okay. Well, anyway, so I want to tell you. So the yes. the goat uh-huh. hadn't gotten there yet, and they, it was coming later. She was coming later. So then um, I was thinking about telling this little story before a while ago. Yes. finally got my nerve up. Anyway, uh-huh. so uh, so the the goat gets there, and she pees. You know, she squats, and she pees. And, of course, after of course. she does that, she um, uh, takes her tail and fans it, you know, just like a little fan. Well, I do the same thing. Uh, yes. And so then he bends down, and he smells it, yeah. and then he puts his head up. Into the sky, and he takes he he opens his mouth so he can get every breath, and you see, uh, you see all his teeth because he wants all of the aroma. Isn't that adorable? Isn't that full of love? That is. Are are, are his teeth uh, regulation size, or are they? Are, does They're he have a bigger. lot of teeth? They're bigger. Really? They're big teeth. Huge teeth. How many would you say he has? Two, three oh, hundred? I don't know, but uh, uh, after a while. Um, because of the way the donkey chews, and they have to eat pretty often, after a while um, they might get off center, so then they have to be um, sanded. You know, sanded you have to down. sand your donkey's teeth. Couldn't you just maybe put them back with a hammer or something? Oh, no. No, you have to sand them down so, they, so they'll so they chew better, but you have to put them just, you know, to sleep for a little bit. Oh, they become, they become uneven. Yeah, that's right. Sort of like a, that's hamsters have, that they have to gnaw on the bars oh, of their cage. Yeah. Right, yes. they, they don't have donkey braces. No, they, they don't. No, they, they don't. don't. Do they, they, you couldn't get braces? Have you looked into maybe getting braces for your no, donkey? No, I don't think so. No. Have you looked into it? No, but the, you don't do that. You just, you did. I think, wrong. I don't know if you do that to horses too, but I know that yeah. after they're sold, he's about yeah. 10 years old. Okay. You have uh, big plans coming up this afternoon, or is it? Uh... No, but I've made some cookies, but I have been thinking about what I'm going to make for you people. I haven't forgotten about it. I'm okay. going to do it pretty okay. soon when the weather gets better. All I'll right, bring then. you something. Okay. Thank you. Well, you have a, you have a great day. All right, thank all you. Right. Say hello thank to Missy you. the donkey. Please. All right, yeah, say hello to the to, to Tonto Missy and, and Missy. Tonto, yes. yes. All right, thank you. Uh-huh, bye-bye. All right, bye now. She's my favorite. I love when she called mm-hmm. in. That's only the second time she's called us. Mm-hmm. Wow. I just feel better about the world listening to her. It, it, but do you see what I mean? She has just an amazingly pleasing voice. She does. Just with her voice, you mm-hmm. can hear the cookies on the tray. Mm-hmm. Like you can hear her wearing like an apron and like presenting you like a plate full of cookies. It is funny that it's, I hadn't even gotten the words, is there crazy in the air, out of my mouth. 
Uh, I honestly don't know what we're doing. That was a great call. It really was. Um, it, we're supposed to do rush tickets, but it, 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 the people won't quit calling every time we free up a line. Jesus. Um, what should we do now? Sarah, you're the producer. Here's what we got to get done. Two pair of rush tickets, more news, uh, all of these calls. Uh, are you bailing? Let's just start taking calls. Uh, let's... All right, let's let's get these calls done. Then, Richie, as soon as these calls are done... Let's just tell people to stop calling. <laughs> no, let's not say that. <laughs> Quit listening. But no, 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 here's the thing, Richie. I'm going to go through these calls on hold. As we go through these calls, do me a favor. Try to keep each line free as we get done with it, because then we're going to do the rush cut. Don't call about, you know, about the rush tickets now. Don't do that now. But we're going to go through these calls. Uh, when we're done, we will then uh, endeavor to give away a pair of tickets to the rush at the Clark County Amphitheater. Jesus. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Wow. that uh, I was uh, very soothed and uh, almost took a nap because that lady just, uh, you know, so so uh, serene. Doesn't it, really, honestly, doesn't it, you talk to her and you can just sort of feel your blood pressure lowering. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, right. I, I was taken back to when I was like four years old at the babysitters and you could just smell like the, the fish sticks <laughs> in the oven. Uh, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, well, um, I'm going to address something that uh, she was uh, talking about at the beginning of her conversation. Was uh, she had objections to people, you know, shoving things down their gullet? Yes. And um, I'm all for it. Oh, all right. Yeah, I, 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 you and I, we've bounced a couple of emails back and forth about, uh, you know, the Vegas Batman challenges. And I'm the the Portlander who wishes to be the uh, the the champion. All right. So this is well. Here's the thing. Uh, have I put you in touch with with uh with, what's his name below? You you've never uh, actually answered so that email. So here's CBS, of course, cannot be involved of in any course, sort of eating or consumption challenge. Observers. So um, you're you're uh you know yeah. You, I'll, I'll put him in touch with you. You guys can sort of deal with it directly. Okay. All right. Thank you. Ah, uh, thank you. Bye now. So, Rick, there's something going crazy today, uh, says this owner. Was that lady concerned about contesting, just talking about her tiny donkey and its hooves? I think something's in the air. You are right, sir. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello. Hi. Um, first off, okay, okay, so your priest and your deacon <laughs> and your holy orders there? Yes, yes. Have, have you already covered this? No. Okay, so a, a priest uh-huh. can is... Like, that's who can uh, perform a Mass or, you know, give give the Mass. Okay. A deacon um, can do, uh, you know, some of the sacraments. They cannot, um, you know, with the uh, the hosts and making them holy and such or yeah. do the Mass. They can't do that. A deacon can be married. A deacon... If they were, if they were married, became a deacon, and then were no longer married through, you know, till death do us part. Let's bottom and, line it here. What is a monk? A monk. You know what? I think that's like an an order um, off to the side of outside of our, you know, like our our North American. Our earth, our earth priests. You know, it's different it's, from you know, there's something there off to the side. A Samoan priest. So. All right. Yeah, they're not. They're not in the. Uh, the regular deal that we have here. All right, no, thank it's you. It's like in different culture and such. I appreciate the call, sir. Good time. All right, bye. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show, for the love of God. Hey, Rick, how you doing? I'm okay. <sighs> Actually, I was on hold for the rush. Uh, you said call later, but I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is later. I will give you that. Okay. Um, yeah, you're going to have to wait a little bit longer, sir. We're not quite doing the contest just yet. All right, and that lady, yeah. fascinating. 
Best caller ever. Thank you. Thanks. Final call, and then we'll uh, take a break. A monk is a hermit. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Rick. Hi. Does Super Tuesday bring out the uh, people out of the closet? It's not just the people. Let's be very clear about this. It's not just the callers uh, who are bearing the brunt of our abuse today. It really is us, too, because even Tim, who is normally very reserved... Was found it like physically impossible to quit playing the talking stain and Hillary Clinton sounders while that one guy was trying to speak. So it, well, there's some crazy in this room here too. Let's not be let's not be unclear about that. Well, it must be information overload. Jesus, there, there, but you're right. There really is there is something in the air today, something that I can't quite quantify yet. And I will I will uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I I will tell you that a monk belongs to an order just like the ones out at Mount Angel. Okay. They usually have a purpose as a support to the church. A priest is one who has, uh, who has, uh, the priest has a parish as an in charge of a parish. As in if you went to, uh, yes. saints, whatever. All right then. And that's coming from a, you know, a lapsed Catholic. All right. So Th- anyway, try the meal. Thank you, my, <laughs> thank you, my friend. Bye. Final. Okay. I'm going to read this email, then we'll break. This email says about your listeners. Rick, in the past years, I've never felt a reluctance to encourage friends of mine to listen to your show. Recently, my fear is that as as these people become listeners, they will think I've become an effing nut like all the people who call in. It really is a dilemma. Yes, it is, uh, Skip. I believe monks make fudge, too. <laughs> I'm serious. Of course I you are. I have seen that somewhere. Yeah, I've, I've seen that they make, like, wine and... Why wouldn't uh-huh. they? The Bridgetine Monks Gourmet Fudge... They ship it anywhere. <laughs> okay. About us and our fudge. You can contact them. They have a gallery of fudge also. A gallery of fudge. Uh-huh. We're taking a break. Uh, hey, Richie, we're going to take caller five, and then a couple after that. It's 503-733-2970 uh, for your shot at tickets to see Rush. The Amphitheater at Clark County. You come back after this, we'll give you a chance to score a pair of tickets. See Rush beat the box office. They go on sale uh, Saturday, February 9th. For all Ticketmaster outlets or Ticketmaster.com, you'll have a chance, though, to win them around the corner. Be caller number five right now. 503-733-2970. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. That's a good sign, though. Yeah. Okay. I feel an inner calm. I feel like something... An inner calm. Really? No, no. I mean, like, I think I, that was the perfect time to take a break, because now I think that we've, we've re- reset the we've stage. Reset. I, I feel like we were reaching a sort of crazy, like, event horizon there. I mean, it's not a bad it's not a bad show today at all. It's just it, everybody's going a little nutty. And I think that sometimes the culture... I don't mean to be all philosophical about it, but I think there are days when the society or when the city, at least, goes a little crazy, and we're really just sort of a uh, a mirror for that. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we we are a window. In other words, I don't think there's days when the show is crazy as such. I think that there are days when everybody in the city is just a little nutty for the, the weather or whatever, something in the air. And of course, this show is kind of a little window. Uh, through which you can see what's going on in the lives of any number of people as they call in or as we you talk to them. And so I think we are a window into the city's craziness today. There is something in the air. All right, here's what we're going to do this hour. Uh, we'll do rush tickets in like five seconds. Uh, we got to play the stain stuff. 
Um, more news from Tim Riley coming up. I really honestly want to get to this top five sometime this year, since I've had it since like the first week of December. Uh, we may or may not get to that. Let's uh, let's see. Where am I going here? Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show caller five. Hello, sir. Hi, gang. How Hi. Are you? are you a Rush fan, my friend? Um, I was several decades ago. All right. Well, <laughs> with that ringing endorsement, sir, uh, you have a chance to win a pair of passes to see Rush, the amphitheater of Clark County, on Sunday, June 1st. Tickets go on sale Saturday, February 9th, 10 a.m., uh, all Ticketmaster outlets and Ticketmaster.com. So here's the thing. I'm going to give you a, uh, your choice here. Uh, you may either answer a Dungeons & Dragons trivia question. Uh-huh. No, I'm not kidding. Uh, or uh, you may identify a Rush song done in a different style. What is your choice, my friend? Oh, I better stick with the theme and go with the rush. All right. So I'm going to play you a rush song done in a different style. You'll have about 20 seconds of it, and then you'll have uh, 10 seconds to ponder it, and then we'll get the answer from you. Okay. Uh, at stake is a pair of passes to see Rush at the Amphitheater at Clark County Sunday, June 1st. Are you ready? Yes, sir. All right. Here's the thing. Because you're first up, uh, I'll even give you your choice. You may have classical or metal. I better go with metal. All right. Here we go. Let's see here. Um... All right. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm now going to play 20 seconds of this Rush song for the caller. And I'm going to put you on hold so you can hear it, and then I'll pick you back up after the pondering time, all right? Okay. All right, here you go. 20 seconds of Rush and 10 seconds of pondering. Name this Rush song. Sir, can you name that Rush song? I could barely hear it. I'm gonna have to go with. Now is it? Now I can. Now is are you uh, are you telling a fib here? Are you were you actually not able to hear it? I could hear somebody kind of grunting in the background. It was it was <laughs> a death metal song. You no, know, it was a death metal song. So uh, really, the the key to deciphering that, if you're familiar with the song in its original form. Simply the cadence and rhythm by which he's spitting out the words there should be enough for you to identify, even in that sort of a speed metal version. Um, can you give me the album it's on? Uh, uh, no, I can't, but here's what I'll do. Because you are the first contestant, I will play it for you one more okay. time. There you go. I'll play it for you one more time here. Do you know the song, sir? I'm just going to have to go with Tom Sawyer. No. No. Sadly, sadly, no. All right. Thank you, my friend. Okay. All right. There you go. Let's try. Uh, hello. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. How you doing, Rick? Hi. Are you a Rush fan, sir? Uh, like the last caller, I was several decades ago, but I could be again. All right. Uh, so you will get your chance uh, if you win this contest. Do you wish to have Dungeons & Dragons trivia or name that Rush song? <laughs> I'll do name that Rush. All right. Uh, I am now going to play you a Rush song done in a different style. You'll have 20 seconds of music, then 10 seconds of pondering. And if you can guess it uh, correctly, then you get the tickets. Are you ready, sir? Uh, do I have to do death metal, or do I get another option? Uh, well, you get whatever I pick for you here. 
That sounds reasonable. All right, X, I'm going to put you on hold so you can hear it. You'll have about 20 seconds of this and then the thinking music. Name this Rush song. Sir, do you know that Rush song? I believe it is The Trees. No, sadly you are incorrect. Oh, damn. Sadly, no. All right, thank you for playing, sir. You bet. All right, there you go. One more try here. Oh, I just hung up on the... Hello, sir? Yellow. Hi, all right. Sir, you're going to be our final contestant in this round. You're playing for a pair of tickets to see Rush at the Amphitheater at Clark County. Do you wish uh, to name that Rush song or play Dungeons & Dragons trivia? Rush. I feel so bad for Aaron, who created literally like four pages of D&D <laughs> trivia questions that no one wants to answer. All right, uh, I'm going to play for you a Rush song in a different style. 20 seconds of music, 10 seconds of thinking. Uh, you'll go on hold while you listen to it. Are you ready? Rock it. Okay. Oh, boy. Whatever. Uh, all right, here you go, sir. Name this Rush song. <laughs> Sir, do you know that Rush song? Uh, no, I do not. Ah. I apologize. I apologize for wasting your time, uh, but, you know, that's... I thought I'd go ahead and give it a shot. It's okay, it's important. Your mother still loves you, I'm sure. I think she does, yes. All right, thank you, my friend. Thank you. Right, there you go. Sadly, no one wins the Rush tickets. I was positive somebody would get at least one of those. You should have gone with Dungeons & Dragons trivia. You made it a little too tough. I didn't make it too tough. I'm picking, look, in my own defense, I'm picking really easy, obvious Rush songs. I don't believe that I'm picking anything that's, like, too terribly difficult. Uh, although, I'm glad no one uh, picked Dungeons & Dragons trivia because I can't actually find the questions that I printed out. I don't really know. Oh, I have them, too. Do you? I don't mm -hmm. know where I put them. Let's see. You have the D&D &D questions? I sure do. Can you hand those to me? I'd like to uh, read a sample Dungeons & Dragons trivia question. Well, here, let me... Just so people kind of know what we're, what we're dealing with here. Yeah, I have, uh, I have no idea where I put those. All right, let's well, I'll, I'll find him here in a while. All right, Richie, uh, well, let's clear out the phones for now, Richie, and we'll do, uh, we'll do another attempt at that uh, later on in the hour. So uh, we will uh, now bring the curtain down on the rush contesting uh, for, this, uh, for this time period. We'll try it later. Can we send it to your other one? Yeah, you can just send it to my other account. All right, it's 503-733-2970, but we are going to move on from the rush contest for now. Okay, we've got to play the stain thing. Everybody's been sort of demanding this, and I, I mean that sincerely. All right, uh, let's see here. Is I'm such a dork. I just sent it. I just made an email to you, and I sent a blank email. Well done. Yes. Okay. So uh, everybody's everybody's talking about the talking stain. So this is the talking stain from the Tide commercial. And so Sarah was the one who first noted that the stain is actually some sort of speech or dialogue uh, reversed, you know, played backward. And so what Richie Bristol has done is he has taken the stain, he's isolated it, and then he's reversed it. So let's start with the stain forward. This is the stain. The stain forward. Uh, played uh, regularly. 
Wow. It's really we live in a weird time. I mean That's the really that's the best that one right there. The one. That is really where he starts to get like his Will Ferrell on. That's I want to make that my ringtone. I think I might actually. All right, so now we have the stain reversed and slowed down. If you've been wondering exactly what the stain sounds like in its uh, you know, in its slower state. Uh here we go. This is the stain reversed and slowed. Okay, well that doesn't help us at all. Sometimes I think when I look up real high. Uh, let's see if we can try it at a regular speed here, but backward. Well, this sounds exactly the same. <laughs> okay, now, it sounds exactly the same, which leads me to, to ask this obvious question. Why did they bother to put it backward? Is that, I mean, I was, weren't you secretly thinking or hoping I, that if you played it backward, there would be some message, like I it would say maybe something? I thought that would have to dump or something. Oh, I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah. I was wondering if you played it backward, if it would, like, point you to some, I mean, now because of Lost, I think that everything is a viral marketing campaign. I was thinking if you played it backward, uh, it would point you to some sort of, like, you know, tied contest URL or something, where you, some, some exciting thing happening. Huh. Well, apparently no, not. not everybody can be lost. Well, that was a big build-up to something that ends up being really dull. So apparently, I mean, some, somebody says, Rick, uh, the stain is talking Swedish. Well, that isn't. That seems fake. That seems like a thing that you heard from somebody that Swedish? isn't really real. I, I, the, mm. I mean, I think we. I think Kristen Bowie speaks Swedish or Norwegian or some weird Viking language, but I, I don't think that. Uh, I don't think that's what this is. Yeah, no, I... to Clyde. I bet Clyde could figure out what. Find out what the stain really means. So this is the stain backward from what it is in the commercial. <laughs> you know, backward or forward, that part where he just loses control is, is still really funny. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, Rick. Hi. Hey, originally I called because I was afraid I missed the backward talking stain. No, no, we just just now we played it, and it appears to be just as nonsensical played backward. It does. Yeah, I had to had to run in to get a big drink that I might gulp down. And but anyway, <laughs> I do want to let you know that I uh, was. Are you out of one. Are you out of breath or something? Are you? Uh... Is this from running in to get your beverage just now? It is. You sound like you're hyperventilating a little bit. I'm sorry. I'm in a fume-filled room painting. Okay. Anyway. What was the purpose of your call today? Well, I had called because I thought I had missed the backwards talking stains. No, so I was no, going to beg you, you to play it again. But no, while I was on hold, yes. I thought I might tell you a couple things that uh, I got 
You call one, bye. You call two, bye. <laughs> so you think. And the third one was, <laughs> come back. All right. Thank you, sir. And I do know all the answers. Sorry. And I have a woman named Ernie. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh. You know, it's days like this, no offense, that I'm glad we're in here behind several electronically sealed doors. Because it's days like this where the crazy is in the streets. I mean, it's out there. The crazy is roaming the streets. And we're crazy today as well, but there's only three of us in this room. There are thousands of crazy people outside Who's those the doors. the third person in this room right now? Uh, voice in my head. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Just me? <laughs> I'm serious. Yes. Yes, it's you. All right. Um, I don't know if there are any Swedish-speaking folks out there, but... That's a uh, guy at work said. That's what he read in the paper. There was some Swedish words in the stain. Yeah, but I mean... Swedish words in the stain. Oh, Jesus. Um, did, did, hey. did he say what the Swedish words might have been? No, he didn't. Here's why that sounds like a fake story to me. If well, He said he read it in the paper. It's got to be true. Here's what I'm saying, though. If everybody was talking about the stain, which we all are, like morons... Uh, in other words, if it was a big sort of like mystery, like if everybody in the country was sort of like, hey, did you see that stain commercial? How fascinating. Why would the paper go to all the trouble of determining the language of the stain and then not bother to tell you what it was saying? I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just saying it, was... it seems like there's a little bit of a hole in that theory. I just wanted to at least put it out there because that's all I know. All right. Now, this is now, is this a thing that you read in the paper, or did, like, a friend of yours read it in the uh, paper? Yeah, it was a friend at work that mentioned it, because I right. told him how you guys were talking about it all day. and. Uh, did he say what paper he read it in? No, but I could call him and find out. Please do what, do that right now, and then have him <laughs> and then have him call us. Uh, you know, it probably was just joking, like, uh, yeah. the, you know, the edge and the life section. He always reads that. Yes. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, I, that seems like a thing that is... Maybe speculated, but not really plausibly true at this point. It does sound like the Swedish chef, though. Orgy, borgy, borgy. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Uh, that was you. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. How are you? Hi. What's up? Hey, I think the stain just told me to mow my lawn, <laughs> but I'm not sure. <laughs> what's the stain telling you? That's, your, yes. that's an interesting, you know, that'll be like one of those fake onion infographics. What is the stain telling people this week? Uh, <laughs> Purify yeah. all family members or else. All right. Yes. I have a couple other things. Yes, here. of course you do. <laughs> hey, uh, today it's, it's a Fat Tuesday, right? Yes, it is. And it's also Super Tuesday. Yes, it is. It's Super Fat Tuesday. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's Super Fat Tuesday. I hadn't really thought about that. That is, that's really one. Super Fat Tuesday. Oh, I wish I'd trademarked that. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, did you have anything else today, sir? Yes. You know that lady that says... Um, Stop, stop, just spraying the babies. Yes. She sounds like Mars Simpson to me. Wait, hold on. Let's uh, let's play. I do have the baby. Hold on a second here. That's why we was like, stop, stop, you're spraying the babies. I can sort of see that. Sort of a, <laughs> sort of a southern Marge Simpson. Something like that, yeah. Yes, excellent. All right, thank you, sir. Is there anything else for you today? Uh, no, All right. thank you. I want you to have a satisfying afternoon. Uh, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs> Bye. Today's show is good, but it's wearing me out. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Fantastic. Hey, i got a question for you on that, uh, the, this talking stain. Yes. When Did the... you ever foresee a time in your life when you would be using the phrase, the talking stain, and especially using that phrase so frequently? That's the first time I've used it. But... Really? It's Yeah, it's just one of those... 
hate All right, what do you got? Um, so when you guys play it originally and, and, no. and it plays along and then it gets like really real, loud and adamant at the end, yeah. then when you play it backwards and it goes along and it gets really loud and adamant at the end, yeah. that can't happen. Well, I think what happened is, is there, uh, have to, in fact, well, let's ask him because I'm sus- I think I know somebody else pension that. They said if it's backward, how is it the, the escalation of the stain's anger is happening in the same order? Oh. Let's, uh, let's find out here. And then, and then I was also thinking. Hold, on, hold that thought, sir. Hold Hold on. Welcome out of the Rick Emerson Show, our uh, intrepid PA, Richie Bristol. Hello, Hello. Sir. Hi, how are you? Good. All right. Uh, so this guy is asking a question, which many people ask, which is in the commercial, the stain starts out kind of quietly, and then at the end gets positively uh, incensed. <laughs> and so he noted that when you play it backward, it still has the same escalation. Is that because you recorded the whole thing into Adobe Audition and then reversed each part separately, not all as one block of sound? True. See? That's, yeah, I know oh, what I was talking oh, about. He spent that much effort reversing each and every word in there? It's not as difficult as it sounds, but yes, he recorded the whole thing as one block of sound and then went through and reversed each each uh, word, if you will, that the stain speaks, reversing it separately so they stay in the same order. Well, all I've got to say about that is, uh, Scotty who? Actually, that's <laughs> oh, what I'm saying. So, I think I have determined what it is that that stain is talking about, what it's saying, though. Yes. He's, he's talking about the size of Samoans. And uh, uh, sorry, I got nothing. <laughs> that, I was just gonna. That's all you had, right? I had one line. Give me a break. <laughs> Jesus, do you see what I mean about being yes, safe in the building today? It's crazy. I'm glad. Yeah, we're behind like two big thick steel. No one can get at us today. I'm gonna go check them. All right. Thank you. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Hi. Hey, the stain sounds a lot like. Somebody just put a microphone in front of Eddie Izzard, or Eddie Izzard, and just said, "You're a stain." Like a Winglebert, the Humpty Bum, sort yeah. of a thing, sort of Eddie, a zingle bum. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I mean, it really does sound like him. I can see that Eddie Izzard really does have the uh, sort of gibberish down to a fine art. You are right about that. Yes, and he, he does. I mean, he does tons of voiceover work. That so. is that is true as well. He he really is. Uh, currently speaking, he's the funniest man on earth, in my opinion. Uh, true, and I did hear an interview on a, another radio station with him in the morning, and he was saying, you know, I, anything for money, it's fine by me. So <laughs> good for him. What was the uh, station, sir? Uh, it was KJON on the Mark and Brian show. Yeah, we had him on. We interviewed him a couple years ago. I forgot about that until Scotty reminded us. Or, no, it wasn't Scotty because he was. It was somebody else reminded. Us. We had him on the phone a couple years back, and it was. We had him on the phone with uh, the other producer lady chick. Yeah, I think so, but it's like we just woken him up or something at the hotel room. So I have to say, as much as I love, much as I love Eddie Izzard, and I do, he was completely uninteresting and unfunny. Mm-hmm. So yes. you know, what can you do? All right, thank you, sir. You bet. All right. Ugh. Okay, we're going to take one more call, then we're going to break. We'll come back. Tim Riley with the news, uh, and we'll uh, we'll try another attempt at uh, rush tickets here in a second. Don't call for them now, please. Uh, final call for this segment. Hello, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hi. Hey, Rick. No, I think uh, that stain thing, I know they stole it. Looks, is that from Bruce Almighty, the Jim Carrey movie? Many people have said that, that there's a sequence where, uh, for Bruce Almighty, where he's trying to talk, and then there's a nonsense voice talking to him. Yeah, it sounds identical to it. Oh, and one more thing. I don't try to break it off track, but have you been watching The Wire? Because if anybody trusts the paper after watching The Wire, Dude. they're retarded. Uh, the, the, the Wire, I was talking to Peter Carlin for The Oregonian, ironically enough, about this yesterday. Um, I, and then I got off the air and I was immediately, here's the thing about, in this building, there are only two other people who watch The Wire. There's Fat Boy from KUFO and Dan Bozick from KUFO. They, have, they work right next to each other. 
and Fatboy has yet to catch up. He's still like three episodes back. So oh. so so Bozik and I can't talk about it because Fatboy's in the room and we don't want to spoil it for him. Tell him to leave. He should get out. Uh, but I was uh, I was telling Fatboy, I'm like, and I was talking about everybody tune out right now if you don't want to know what happened on this Sunday's Wire. That sequence when McNulty is in the conference room and the reporter and McNulty. And this makes sense if you know what I When they are both fabricating the same story in different ways and neither of them really knows the other is doing it, I mean, that is where that show... I told Peter Carlin, like, whoever wrote Sunday's episode needs to, get the, needs to get the Emmy, like, today. I mean, it's genius. It is, from my money, best show on television. I mean, at least of the shows that I'm, that I'm currently watching, it's, it is, it's flat-out freaking genius. Yeah. Oh, yeah, between that and the whole Omar sequences with Prop Joe, I mean... Oh, Omar coming. Yeah, the, uh, uh, no, and and I watch it. I watch it a week early because on demand, and they show it a week early. Yeah. I already seen next week. Oh, don't tell Ooh. me. I don't want to know. I gotta Wait, say nothing. I gotta tell you the cre two creepy moments. One is when uh, when Marlo is talking to Proposition Joe, and he goes, "Joe, just shut your eyes and rest <laughs> easy." That that and that sequence <laughs> that sequence where Omar is talking about taking out his furious vengeance and everybody and oh. there's that moment there's that moment where Omar's talking to that guy and Omar just goes sweet Jesus I'm going to work them I mean you oh. just kind of go ha ah. just watching the television you become uh, terrified by the whole thing so yeah and the look on Marlo's face when they when they do prop Joe yeah oh. I got to tell I watched um uh Gone Baby Gone which is a movie uh directed by Ben Affleck starring Casey Affleck over the weekend yeah. great film by the way it stars the guy who plays uh, not stars but it has the guy who plays Omar uh, in it, so you uh, you ought to catch it. He's pretty good in that. So yeah, I will. I will. All right, thank you, sir. All right, thank you. All right, Omar coming. All right, um, let's take a break, shall we? Okay. Come back after this with Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Uh, let's see, and a uh, couple uh, uh, folks on uh, hold as well. So we got to stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. We return after this. that either. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Alright, uh, but let's do these quick two calls, then Tim Riley, then another attempt at rush tickets. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show, sir or madam, as the case may be. Hi, Rick. I was just wondering if you've laid in more supplies with your refrigerator, because you soon are going to have to leave that safe cocoon and join the rest of the crazy unwashed masses. Yeah, um, I'm. I'm, I'm going to ask the next time that uh, you know the next time we have these discussions with CBS, I'm going to request that they just build fortified underground tunnels that go from the studio to each of our homes, so we can just so we can shoot ourselves home like one of those vacuum things in a bank tube. So, now, if there clearly is something out there today, everybody in the entire city is nutty. It's not just us. Well, enjoy the rest of your time. Thank That sounds, that's a little ominous. Thank you. Enjoy the few days you have left, sinner. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Enjoy the rest of your time. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. There's something wrong with my radio. I only seem to be able to get the ADHD stream. The ADHD stream. That AM is funny. AM970.1, the stain. Okay, well, that's less funny, but the, the ADHD radio thing is funny. Keep 
Ladies and gentlemen of the Ministry of Truth, it's and now, from the broadcasting in ADHD. I'm calling that for us right now. That's our joke. That guy came up with it here on this show. We're stealing it. A high surf warning has been issued for the coast. Now, waves travel far up beaches and sweep over jetties and breakwaters, exposing rocks with little warning. It's dangerous to venture to near the coast tonight. People at times who swept off rocks and jetties and drown while observing high surf. That's what it says here. Stay back. Stay away. <laughs> unless, Run for your lives. Unless you want to be pulled into the water to your death. Nobody will come looking for you. In other news today... In other news, a 55-year-old former therapist has been sentenced to 30 days in the Hooskow and three years probation for sexually abusing a patient during a counseling session. Ronald Walter Lever has no previous criminal record. Well, he has one now. He operated renewed minds of Tigard. He later apologized. A judge found Lever guilty of sex abuse by taking his victim's hand and placing it on his genitals without her consent. The woman testified she felt threatened and helpless to resist. Type for penis watch. <laughs> okay. Something we just had it. Here's your penis watch for. Hey, Richie, while we're doing this penis watch, let's uh, clear out the phones here and take caller five for another shot of these rush tickets. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970 for another shot at these uh, rush tickets. Here you go. A British woman who ripped off her ex-boyfriend's testicles with her bare hands and trying to swallow it has been jailed. This is a news story. Gross. Amanda Monty flew into rage when Jeffrey Jones rejected her advances at the end of a house party. She pulled off his left testicle and tried to swallow it before spitting it out. Then she handed it back to Mr. Jones saying, here, this is yours. (laughs) Monty admitted wounding and was jailed for two and a half years a little late to have the notion of property occur to you, I think. Uh, Judge James said it was a very serious injury and that Monty was not acting in self-defense. <laughs> Do you think? Uh, the court heard that Mr. Jones had ended his long-term but open relationship with Monty toward the end of May. The pair remained on good terms until last May when she picked him up at a party and went back for drinks. Uh, the argument ensued and Mr. Jones was there and there was a struggle between them. In the statement, Mr. Jones said she grabbed his genitals and pulled hard. He added, it caused my underpants to come off, and I found I was completely naked and in excruciating pain. Oh, my God. The, the court heard that a friend saw Mr. Monty put Mr. Joe's testicle into her mouth and then tried to swallow it. She was unsuccessful. She choked and spat it back into her hand before the friend grabbed it and gave it back to Mr. Joe. This is a news story, by the way, being broadcast here in the news portion of this, the Rick Emerson Show on AM 970, a news talk radio station. He thanked her. Okay. Uh... I'm trying to think of a joke. I don't think I can come up with one. Wait. No. Well, there you go. There's your penis watch for uh, Jesus. Take a look Thank at you. my enormous penis. And my troubles start melting away. Wow. I take a look at my enormous penis. And everything is going my way. This email says, Rick. I'd like to hear that donkey lady say, isn't that right, donkey, to her real donkey. Can you work on that for the next time she calls in? Also, what do you suppose Britney Spears' stain would sound like if it talked? He then signs it, you know what stain I'm talking about. Oh, come on. Do one more, and then we'll do the uh, rush ticket. I wonder what ever happened to Carl the Goose Man. You know, I was just a, thinking I, about him today, me too. Me too, actually. That's weird. I have a bunch of 8x10 glossy photos of these geese that he sent us that one time. I don't know where Carl the Goose Man went to. 
Maybe you took his geese elsewhere. Do you remember we did that whole, uh, we did that whole, you know, whatever happened to segment about show bits and whatever? Mm-hmm. And we could do a whole whatever happened to segment about just folks. Do you remember, um, what's your name? Do you remember Anne from Lake Oswego? Yes, I do. You used to call us a long time ago? Mm-hmm. I don't know whatever happened to her. There's a whole bunch of people that just sort of vanished. Hog Whitman, whatever happened to that guy? He's still around, isn't he? I don't know. I know Imus is back on the air somewhere. Where Imus goes, so Hog Whitman follows. All right, here's Tim Riley. Uh, so Romney is accusing McCain and Huckabee of a shady West Virginia deal. Excellent. Former Massachusetts Governor Romney's <laughs> campaign accused John McCain and Mike Huckabee of a backroom deal that gave the Super Tuesday win in West Virginia to Huckabee. Like, that's any big concern about anybody. <laughs> really, no. He who Give wins back West, Virginia. West Virginia runs the table. So that's what he said. Excellent. So we will have uh, more Super Tuesday results, uh, well, later tomorrow. today or tomorrow. Tomorrow, maybe. Probably tomorrow. Definitely. Anyway, we're in several different time zones. That's true. Really... Well, you know what? They're not, they're not going to close. The... Now, I'm unclear about this. You know, there's that whole thing about how networks won't reveal election results until the polls are closed. Correct. But is that until polls are closed just, in other words, will they start revealing the East Coast results like when the East Coast polls are closed? Or do they, they wait for they all haven't... the polls everywhere to yeah. close? Lately, in the last few elections, they have waited till everybody. So they wait because until, that was the problem. So eight o'clock Pacific time is right. the soonest because they wait until the California polls close. Right. Because they don't want that thing of like people on the West Coast going. Well, that wouldn't even matter though because they're statewide. Like, only the East Coast matters in America. But that would only matter in a general election. In state primaries, though, it seems like you could report New York because that doesn't affect California. Yeah, it could have some influence. Or does it? I guess it does. I guess if, if Hillary's got. Everything else in the country sewn up, for example. West Coasters always feel inferior to East Coasters because they get everything first. It is true. We have like sloppy seconds and kinescopes of everything. You know, <laughs> kinescopes. And do mud electric cans. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that's way better than the joke I was going to make. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Tim Riley, greatest newsman in the history of all the world. Back at 4, 5, 6, and 7, top of the hour, all the way through. Like us. All right. Uh, let's uh, try to give away some Rush tickets, shall we? Uh, let's see here. Uh, hello, sir. Are you a Rush fan? Indeed, I am. Uh, okay. Uh, here's the thing. You got your choice of naming that Rush song or answering a Dungeons & Dragons question. I have to go with naming the Rush song. I feel so bad for Aaron every time somebody says that. All right. I'm going to play you a Rush song done in a different style. Uh, you'll get 20 seconds of music and then 10 seconds of thinking time, after which, if you can name it, you win a pair of tickets to see Rush at the Amphitheater at Clark County. Sunday, June 1st, tickets go on sale Saturday, February 9th at Ticketmaster.com and all Ticketmaster outlets. Are you ready, sir? Yes, sir. All right. Put you on hold so you can listen. You'll get 10, uh, 20 seconds of music, 10 seconds of thinking. Name this song. Sir, can you name that Rush song? Closer to the Heart? No. No, I'm sorry, but thank you for playing, my friend. Thanks. All right, there you go. You're we're, never going to give like these away. Zero for 50. All right, we're going to do one more here. This is, this is, I got two pair to give away today. Haven't even succeeded in giving away one pair. All right, hello, hi. Are you a Rush fan? 
I, I am a Rush fan. All right, you listen, so I want to explain the whole contest again. Uh, do you want a Dungeons & Dragons question or name that Rush song? I have to go with the uh, Rush song. Oh, gee. Of course you do. I know. I All right, here you go. 20 seconds of music, 10 seconds of thinking. Sir, name this Rush song. Sir, can you name that Rush song? From what I heard, I think it's New World Man. Thank God Almighty. Congratulations for the love of Christ. All right. Excellent. You, sir, you have won a pair of tickets to see Rush at the Amphitheater of Clark County Sunday, June 1st. You have beaten the box office, sir, the same box office that uh, puts these tickets on sale Saturday, February 9th, 10 a.m. at Ticketmaster uh, Outlets or Ticketmaster.com. I'm going to put you on hold. Richie will give you the details. Congratulations, sir. Thank you very, right. very much. Thank, thank you. you. No, thank you. Really, honestly. All right, uh, Rich, you can talk to uh, that guy in line, too. Thank you. All right, let's. Uh, we have a final break to take here? Yep. Let's do that. Okay. All right. Let's see. And stuff. All right. Take a break. We'll come back and uh, wrap it all up after this. Don't go anywhere. Oh, uh, for those who are Don and Mike fans and who have been emailing me asking about the uh, transitions happening in the Don and Mike world, stay tuned. We'll uh, talk about that a little bit when we get back. Don't go anywhere. So Rick Emerson Show. It's uh, the Rick Emerson Radio Program. We now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson Show. Coming up tomorrow, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com, Lisa Desjardins from CNN. Six minutes, really? Yeah. Don't even know what we're going to do with six minutes. We could do another rush contest. <sighs> yes, I could also we could play the stain. beat my head against the microphone. Okay, well, here's really... Well, let me see. Don't, Richie. I'm going to take these two calls. We're going to see what they're about. And then we'll try one more attempt at giving rush tickets away. Well, we're going to take these two calls first. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Rick, it's Ray. Hello. Hi, what's up? Hey, I, I, I hate Rush, but I just want to hear some D&D <laughs> trivia questions. Please you, be giving me one. All right, I will give you a D&D trivia question, just mainly because I feel bad for Aaron at this point. All right, sir, are you a D&D player? Used to be. Of course I'm not now. I'm all adult. Okay. Of course not. You're an adult. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, let's see here. Um, uh, let's see. Um what game module is widely accepted as the hardest published D&D game of all time? God dang, I guess I haven't played for a long time. The answer, um, yes. I have no idea. All right, how about this one? 
Can you, sir, name the six die types required for a game of Dungeons & Dragons? What are the sure six for, types sure of dice? D4, D6, D8, D10, D12, D20. Dude, and, you're the man. Uh, <laughs> now, two D10. Two oh, you are, you are so great. Here's why. Aaron says D4, D6, D8, D10, D12, D20, and he says bonus points and or shame if they point out the need for two D10s, which you just did. Okay, here's the thing. I can't give you rush tickets, uh, but stay on hold, and we're going to find, like, a DVD or some crap to give you. Okay. Just you. for being a colossal, lifeless nerd, and I mean that in the best possible way. All right, hang on, sir. Um, hey, Richie, can you get the guy in line one, can you get his info? And like, we, like We're not going to give him rush tickets, but we'll give, we'll give him something. We'll, we'll find something to give that guy. All right, 503-733-2970. Um, uh, I think he was calling about something else, but well, that's okay. Uh, Richie, so we'll do one more attempt at rush tickets here. So as soon as you get that guy's info, uh, let me know. And then uh, let me know which of these uh, calls to take here. We'll do uh, we'll do one more attempt at giving away a pair of rush tickets. All right, it's 503-733-2970. By the way, this is a good time to talk about this. Yesterday, this guy called in, and he said, Hey, uh, by the way, uh, I got a phone number you all need to call because uh, your cell phone number is going to be given to telemarketers by everybody but Verizon. I don't mm-hmm. know if you remember this guy. He called me, and of course, it's, I should have spotted it as an urban legend like right away because he's like, well, a friend of a friend of mine works at Verizon, and they told me, and so the rumor was that Verizon, a uh, uh, loan among companies, was going to not do this, but that the other companies were going to start giving out your phone to telemarketers, blah, 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 blah. So somebody went to a Snopes, and they sent me the thing, of course, where it is, it is in fact, false. Um, the urban legend is that cell phone users must register their numbers with a do-not-call directory by a given deadline to prevent their cell phone numbers from being given to telemarketers. Status of this urban legend? False. So, uh, yeah, not true. So uh, for everybody who uh, was freaked out about that yesterday, not true. All right. Uh, how long do we have here? Three minutes? Yeah, now we have about three. All right. Hello, sir. Are you a Rush fan? Yes. Biggest. Uh, all right. The biggest? Yeah. The biggest well, ever? My family, anyway. I'm kind of uh, heavy. All right. <laughs> well done. Do you, uh, well, then I guess it goes without saying you want a Rush question, but do you want to name that Rush song or Dungeons & Dragons trivia? Well, name that Rush song. Sorry. All right. <laughs> All right, here, let's see here. Um, ba, 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 ba. All right, sir, I'm going to play a Rush song for you in a different style. Uh, you will then have uh, ten seconds to think about it. Uh, I wish you can name the song correctly. When a pair passes the Rush at the Amphitheater of Clark County. Tickets on sale February 9th, 10 a.m. at Ticketmaster.com. Are you ready, sir? Yes, I am. Uh, put you on hold. 20 seconds of music, 10 seconds of thinking. Sir, name this Rush song. Sir, can you name that Rush song? Would it be Roll the Bones? Sadly, no. Oh. No, not Roll the Bones. Ah. All right, so ah. your, your relative girth notwithstanding, sadly, you have failed to correctly identify the song. Good try, though, my friend. All right. All right, thank you. Yeah. All right. I'm also sad when you can tell they really want it. I know. I, just, I feel bad. I really do. All right. I don't think we have time for another one today, Richie. Uh, we'll, have to, uh, we'll have to do it tomorrow. So we will have to uh, clear out the lines. 
so uh, yeah, no time to be fair to another caller. Uh, tomorrow, though, be listening. We uh, we have. Uh, I was going to say we have a pair each day, but again, tomorrow I think we have a two pair uh, because I still haven't given away yesterday. So anyway, we'll do that. We'll start earlier on it tomorrow. There you go. Uh, tickets to see Rush uh, on the line all day tomorrow. So be listening for that. All right, five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Make a note of it because we're back tomorrow. Uh, we got what, like a minute here. Yeah. Definitely. One minute. Let's see. What can what I do? Can you fill in what can I do in a minute? Ha, <laughs> You know. I don't get it. Okay. okay. Uh, let's see here. Rick, um, it sounds like the stain is speaking in tongues. Perhaps it's a deeply religious stain. Perhaps it's a stain of the blood of Christ. Okay. Are we um, to the stain? Rick, I'm, I'm calling BS on the whole Britney Spears court allegation. This guy says exactly what I was thinking. Supposedly, she hasn't talked to either of her parents for months and months and months, yet they somehow have all this inside information about what happened in her house. How in the world would they know that? That's my thing. Because what is the latest? That he would make her cry by hiding her puppy? He would hide her puppy and then he, like, <laughs> took, like disassembled all of her cars and took all of her cell phone chargers. See, but here's the camp. As much as I want that to be true, it can't possibly be true because, first of all, like, he would never... This is Sam Lefty? Yeah. Is his, full, is his real first name Osama? I don't know. I've seen him called Osama. I don't know if people are just calling him that or if that's his name. It, it seems like he wouldn't ever confess that to the family. And Brittany's in no... And they've only and the parents have only been at the house for a, a few days. Yeah. So I highly doubt that her mom would let him say all that stuff. And he's and she's in no position to tell them. And if Brittany did tell them all that stuff, I don't think she'd be believable at this point anyway. Well, in an even... All right, we want to thank CNN radio correspondent Bob Costantini for joining us today. Uh, tomorrow we'll have Super Tuesday results with Lisa Desjardins, uh, Mr. Skin joining us as well tomorrow. So we'll be listening for that, plus more uh, rush tickets going out the doors, they say. Uh, by the way, uh, some people have asked about Don and Mike. As it was revealed uh, yesterday on the show, Don Geronimo will be t- uh, retiring for the show in a few months. It will uh, continue as the Michael Mara show. And uh, the short answer is yes, uh, we will continue to air that show on AM 970. So fear not, Don and Mike fans. Uh, the show will remain here. Rick Emerson Show, produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for AM 970 Solid State Radio in the newsroom. Tim Riley on the phone. Richard Bristol, Gay, uh, Dave Zinn is the gatekeeper. Um... Uh, Susan Reynolds, CBS Radio Portland Marketing Guru, and upstairs image is uh, Bridget from uh, upstairs. What? Uh, I regret nothing. Bye now. Yeah. <laughs>